0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to the 349th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters Podcast. I'm your host Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call we have Andy Patterson and Ozzie Smith. A very good evening, welcome to everybody listening. Whatever point of the week you're joining us, Sundays on Mixler, Mondays on YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes, wherever you are, um, welcome chat box, a few people knocking about there, see Gerwin, see Matt Russell take aims as well, is in there, welcome gentlemen, we'll be summarising a fantastic domestic rumble between Cash Farouk and Lee McGregor, that was not without its controversy, just talking off air there guys, we'll get stuck into that soon, uh, looking ahead to Wilder versus Ortiz 2 without any American representation, Gabe's sick, Dave's dead, no idea what's happened to Donny, questions, comments, guests, belly of the weeks and plenty more, so stick with us. Andy, first of all over to you, Cash Farouk versus Lee McGregor, Emirates Arena, I had it 115-112 to Cash Farouk, I just felt he was cuter at times, I felt his movement was better, he was making McGregor miss, a lot of huff and puff for McGregor, a lot of holding and physical work, but the quality seemed like it was coming from Farouk for me, I can't really make an argument uh, for Lee McGregor winning, although two of the judges did, he's the main man, comes out with the British and Commonwealth title, first of all you were there last night Andy, everything okay, Uh, no trouble in the crowd or anything?
1: B uh, uh, well just our typical night in Glasgow mate with a few beers and stuff you know how it goes you know some bodies start getting mobbed about the place and the cops have got to come in right gear and that uh, it was all good other oh, than that it yeah it was a uh, good atmosphere with the main event and stuff poor decision in the end uh, quality fight um, Cash Farouk um, absolutely gutted I would imagine um, gave it his all man. I mean if that if kid just had a wee bit extra punching power and stuff like that, he would have made the a hell of a lot of big difference I think. Um, especially when you look at those scorecards and stuff, you know, there were you know, a couple of them are very tight one's kinda of way too wide for McGregor. Um I had the same scorecard as you mate, 151 on second review. Um it's just one of the fights and stuff but because of the situation ringside and stuff with it, with you know, carry on and that people up in the chairs, just kinda of see what's going on really kind of fully. So looking back, um McGregor did well kinda of, you know the latter half of the fight kind of like pushing it on. But, uh, it was just all cash for For me, the kind of middle half of that fight um, could have swept the first four as well. Some people had it kind of like maybe two uh, two a piece after four. But um, you know, just the quality, just the, you know, the guy just lives for uh, for that stuff. Like just just is the improvement, them constantly. Upper body movement, the head movement, just you know, defensively cute, but coming forward, being aggressive at the same time and stuff. You know, he could be, he could easily be be a uh what's the word I'm looking for actually he could be a, a kinda of negative fighter with his kind of skill set, you know, he could he could be bob weaving, jab, then kinda of come out of distance. Just you know, he didn't even bother committing. Last night, you know, he was he's just showed but he's all about stepped in there, committed, gave McGregor numerous problems who to me was kinda of showing really signs that he was struggling with, with the weight, gassing run about I wasn't say gas, but he was struggling with with the pace it run about the seventh round I thought had they going a good eighth um, I did see someone mention that you know, and obviously being there, people were 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 moaning like fuck about the the point deduction. To me, that point deduction was absolutely called for, because mm. vi- uh, Vic was in his ear, constantly through that fight. There was at least three or four visi- you know, visible warnings you could see on the broadcast. Um, you know, just basically cut out the holding, and you know, you basically kind of learn the fight and stuff like you're just kind of like you know. We motions, you know, kind of stop holding in there and stuff like that, kind of like then kind of breaking it up and stuff. So the point deduction was absolutely justified. Um, in the end, wrong decision. Um, and it's like, it just kind of shoots itself in the foot at the end of the day as well. Um, McGregor's come out since then and stuff, says that, you know, he's won a European title fight next, and if he wins that, it's going to be a rematch, which would be, you know, the least he could do, I suppose, at this point. Um, but as I say, you know, Cash can definitely feel absolutely hard done by, but I'm just you know, plaudits to to both guys for taking the fight at this point. They could easily kind of bypass it, and that's probably a kind of small consolation to Cash and that as well. You know, McGregor's got his belt this morning and stuff, but you know, at least Cash has got the outright belt. But you know, it was to me, it was it was it was a great fight, wrong ending, and um, you know, it's just it's just great to see you know two guys you know roughly run about you know maybe the early half of the primes. Put it on the line and stuff, and they really did put it on the line. You know that wasn't just basically kind of you know stepping back and just running here kind of a bunches. They went to war there at times there last night. McGregor tried to use his physicality, pushing him off. Cash coming back, making a left hooks, bobbing and weaving. You know it was a tight, I remember one punch actually it was absolute quality by Cash. Actually, um, I think he um, he he kind of got past uh, McGregor's jab and he threw a right hand right down the pipe and them and he was standing right in center. But as as he did so, McGregor threw the same punch, the kind of right hand, but he got his right hand home early, cash, and he kinda of rolled it underneath quality shot. It was absolutely brilliant. But um he, he, hopefully he gets a promoter as well off the back of this because St. Louis and stuff like maybe Frank Warren might be interested, maybe he kinda of got a Paul Butler fight. You know, there is opportunities. And maybe Cal UFI comes up in that as well. So there is options there for him if he can just get a wee deal somewhere. But he's a quality fighter. And um, you know, he will be disheartened and stuff like that. But, you know, he showed there last night. You know, maybe physicality might be a, a wee issue and stuff like that. But other than that, he's an absolute quality boxer. And he, he will definitely come again, in my opinion.
0: MB there Andy says in the chat, I had Farouk by a round so I've no problem with McGregor winning, just not by three rounds with a point off as well, that was what confused me, I wasn't the greatest at maths at school but I'm not sure how they managed to get it to McGregor by three points, I haven't seen the scorecards or anything given that he had the point taken off, it did seem a bit odd.
1: The scorecards?
0: Yeah, you know the way they had McGregor winning, fi- well, I had Farouk winning 115-112 but didn't they have McGregor yeah. winning 115 how did they get to that conclusion?
1: Well, yeah. th- 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 this is what I was thinking. Well, I well, I don't know if I said to you in the chat and not or if I said to someone else, stuff. Is it possible they maybe just you know put their own scorecard in the wrong person? You know, we had that situation, remember, a couple of years back in a matchroom card. Oh, remember Ryan Bennett
0: against Lee Haskins.
1: That's it. That's it. Remember that situation and stuff. Was it maybe something like that? But obviously, you know, a situation with a couple of light banu because that would basically mean. That Cash has had a point deducted, or a knockdown, or he's been given a nine-nine round somewhere.
0: Yeah, unless the, unless Ten, they 10-8, a ten-eight round. Yeah, unless they had yeah nine-nine, like you say, the 10-9 to McGregor winning the round that he had the point deducted in. So then the point comes off him to make it nine-nine. I'm wondering where that's where it came in.
2: Yeah,
1: but even then, I would still think Cash would need to lose another point, surely. 115, like 112 would suggest like, yeah. a, a point's been deducted somewhere or like, a knockdown somewhere. In the days, well, we, you and I both had that 115, 112 to, to cash. I think Aussie had it maybe around a slightly wider than that, but I think his would be, what was yours, 116, 111? I had it 116,
3: 112.
1: 112? Yeah. Right. I, don't, so I, it, I really it, don't know it, how they come to that for.
0: If we're going on ten nines, right, and they've and the, one of the judges has had McGregor winning one fifteen, one thirteen, but in the in round ten when McGregor had the point deducted, they've had McGregor winning ten nine, but then because the points deducted, they've deducted a oh, they've deducted the point off McGregor, not Farouk. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't I know how. I
1: mean, obviously, I mean, as, as I suggested, if it's maybe a, a mistaken identity, surely the case at the company head by now. But I don't know. There's just there's no way you can see 115 112 to to McGregor. The just
3: other critici- thing about it. the other thing about that card is as well is the one that was in favour of Farouk, which was John Lay- John Latham at 114, 113 That's essentially the point deduction that's decided that. So mm. had they had not taken a point off McGregor, he would have scored that a draw. So basically, there was only Latham who had uh, Farouk winning the fight, and that was via the point deduction. That's it. So it's. It's quite concerning, in my opinion, that um, that basically nobody felt Kash Farouk had to fight. I haven't seen anybody score this fight to McGregor, but the two judges uh, and a couple of others close to the camp of McGregor, everybody else has scored it, whether it be a point, two points, three or four points to Kash Farouk. And it can certainly feel hard done by. When it was announced as a split decision, I felt that Farouk was going to get it anyway. Uh, but no, it, it it was very disappointing. Um, and what was See, what was an excellent fight for me is is yet again overshadowed overshadowed by controversial uh, judges scorecards.
1: What was going to ask actually? I mean, because that judges only gave cash four rounds. Yeah. Which which rounds is he watching that he's clearly convinced that he's gave cash he can't even find he can't even find another what another eight? Sorry, a, 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 another four. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt Farouk dominated early
3: on. Um, I, I gave McGregor the opener, which I thought was a really tight round as well, and not a lot happened. But then from rounds two to six, I gave to Farouk, because I thought he cruised it. I thought he made McGregor miss. Uh, McGregor McGregor was winging big shots in. Uh, Farouk was doing the better work. His upper, upper body movement was outstanding. He was landing the cleaner shots, and I thought this is his fight to lose. Um So, I I just don't get it. I I honestly don't get it. Whether they were, um, obviously, it was quite like a raucous atmosphere. Were they swayed by that, potentially? It felt like McGregor certainly had the bulk of the tickets and support there. Maybe that was Yeah, the cuts cuts as well. The cuts as well, uh, which I think a couple were caused by, you know, head clashes and things like that.
1: Well, just on that, me, I, I know for a fact because I, I seen Vic actually point out to the to the commissioner uh, ringside that with the first one, he actually uh, pointed out that it was definitely a punch that caused it. He made oh, he, okay. he, he, he made the motion with, with his yeah. hand basically.
0: All oh, fair dues,
3: fair. Fair. If that's made clear at the time, that's all you can ask for.
0: Good stuff, Aussie. Thanks very much. Delighted to say we have our first guest of the evening on the call. It's Alex Steedman. How are you, Alex? Not bad, Steve. How are you, Carl? I'm doing very well, thank you. We're just in the middle of talking about Farouk versus McGregor in Glasgow. Before we discuss the fight itself, the atmosphere, you were there. looked amazing. Uh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It had a bit of everything, didn't it?
4: I think there was... Lee McGregor was telling me that the day before and again on the morning. I spoke to him on the morning of the, the fight yesterday morning. He was telling me that... It was close to 1,000 coming down from Edinburgh across the M8, 6, 7 coach loads, and, and many on the train and, and busted. So it was a, a fantastic amateur. It really was. And uh, it, was a, it was a terrific fight to boot.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I felt that Farouk was a little bit cuter with his work, especially to the body. But McGregor's brute force approach in the second half of the fight just won it for him. I mean, what were your lasting impressions? Yeah, I mean, I think
4: it, it, there's no doubt it was a fight of two halves. And I, I think the first half was was pretty tight, wasn't it? I mean, there's probably a a cross-section of views on on how that went. You could have had it two-all after after four. I thought McGregor maybe just nicked the first. Um, And then Farouk's sort of upper body movement throughout the first half of the fight, I thought was just terrific. Mm. He's such a good little fighter. I saw him a year ago in, in the same arena. It was the first time I'd seen him live. And... There's only been two or three fighters that I've seen live that I've had to step back and go, wow, that that guy is much better than I thought he was And from just the tape and the footage that I've seen. So I'm glad that people got a, bit, a chance to see that last night because he's kind of been Scotland's best kept, kept secret, but the, the secret's out of the bag. I, I thought he definitely won the first half of the fight, and I think you can argue about how wide he won that. I think Barry Jones, my co commentary I think he had it around 6-2 after 8, I, I would have had it maybe 5-3 in, in Froog's favour, um, but McGregor, despite the fact he looked pretty tight on the scales, and despite the fact that being had been sort of fears about that, he was so strong down the stretch, and that's what got him into the fight, and in, in some people's eyes, that allowed him to nick it. I, I, I thought on balance, the, the cleaner shots that Froog landed in the first half, and enough work down the stretch I, I thought he ju- just edged it particularly with that point taken
0: off I agree with you I thought Farouk won you mentioned about some people there I thought it was quite difficult the next day to find a lot of people who really had McGregor winning the general consensus seemed to be it was a Farouk victory but it's a strange one because mm. I thought Farouk was definitely the winner but at the same time it was such a close fight uh, you know it was yeah, it was an odd definitely. one definitely I mean I, I, had it been
2: had it been sort of 8-4 and
4: a bit wider to Foucault, I, I, I wouldn't have had a massive scream up about that, to be honest. I mean, he put so much into it. They both did, in truth. I mean, it was one of those fights that just has you shaking your head and, you know, you know, you, you've seen it yourself, Stephen from inside you follow the sport for many, many years. But when you see it again, up close, time and time again, I'm watching at home on the on the, the stream, on the telly. You, what those guys put into this game is just awe-inspiring. It really is. And it was the same again last night. You just, you really got a sense of how much it meant to them, how good they are, and the backstory of their friends and family and and where they've come from. It it just had a bit of everything. It really was a phenomenal fight.
0: So do we think now both guys will go their separate ways and then hopefully reconvene for a rematch at some point?
4: Yeah. Do you know what? I, I think... The interesting thing about that as a question is, is McGregor. And he he's such an honest kid. He is so honest. I know when it comes to opposing fans, I think he gets the hackle up because he's not afraid to stand his ground. He's a fighter through and through. And he'll speak his mind. But he's so honest. And do you know what? I, I Just knowing him a little bit and speaking to him, I just, I think he wouldn't be happy with just moving on. Some people have had fights and, and they'll take the win, and they'll, do you know what, I, I've done that, I don't need to do it again. I, I don't sense Lee McGregor as that kind of guy. Now, maybe the people around him, MTK or whoever, they might want to let that brew a little bit, but I said in commentary, and I asked McGregor at the end of the fight as well, that this, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the start of a trilogy over the next five, six, seven, eight years or, or whatever, but I, I just think McGregor wouldn't be, happy moving on and saying I got the British title, I've beaten that guy I don't need any of him again I, I don't think he's that kind of character
0: And as for Farouk, I mean I know it's a cliche there's no loser in a fight like that but it's hard to see Farouk's stock really dropping
4: uh, he, I, 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 He's been Scotland's best ke- kept secret and he wowed me when I saw him I think it was last November when I saw him at the at the Emirates um, it was against Ian Butcher actually I commented on that fight and he, he just, he glided across the ring and it was everything that Butcher could do to stay in that fight. Everything, every little inch of his experience and wiles and technique and talent, every little bit of it, just to stop himself getting knocked out. That's how good Farrouk was that night. So I got a little glimpse of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that people got to see how good he is. He's only going to get better. The interesting thing is how he reacts to it because, you know, whereas McGregor's got, uh, a partner, and he's got a little girl now as well. Um, he, he's got other things. Farouk's interest is boxing, and only boxing.
2: And second is boxing, and third is boxing. No girlfriend. He's not interested mm. in that. All he
4: all he wants is boxing. So th- I, I suspect he'll he, he'll come back stronger than ever, and he'll probably be buoyed by an element of public reaction in his favour.
0: And you mentioned uh, briefly there about Scottish boxing. We talked about yeah. Alex Arthur, Willie Limond in the build-up. Hopefully, some positive wider implications for Scottish boxing.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Emirates Arena, to be honest, in retrospect, and I uh, speaking to a, a, a few of the people close to MTK in the business, they they could have sold that over twice over in the end, and they were trying to get extra seats. as it as it was, so they, they could have that could have been a bigger fight than. But it was, such was the, the clamour. And, you know, it's always been like that in, in Scotland. When when you get a good fight or you get a good fight, people will, will come out. And you touched on before about the, the fact there's no loser. And that sounds a bit hectic, but it's absolutely true. And I, I kept banging on and likening this to, to the Arthur Lemon fight in 2003. You know, Arthur was the winner. He went on. But Willie Lemon still came back. He won a British title, belatedly. won two Commonwealth titles in, in two different ways. And it, it's almost identical to, for, uh, to to Groves against De Gea, isn't it? In, mm. in that, you know, De Gea came back and won a world title and, of course, Groves did belatedly as well. So I, th- I think it was that kind of fight. Now, there is an asterisk. There's a a asterisk and italics next to all of that. And, and that is, as much as I have to heap praise on both of them in terms of talent and technique and all that they put in. And the stages of their career, let's not forget, we're talking about guys who are 22 and 23. I mean, it's unbelievable, really, given we're talking about a, a fight of this stature north of the border. But they're very, very young. There's so far to go. But the asterisk is this, and the perspective is this: there's a guy in that division who's from another planet, and and as good as they are, and as much as they aspire to get to that sort of level, there's a guy up there who's on another planet
0: absolutely absolutely just to remind our listeners we have Alex Steedman on the call over on Twitter find him at Alex Steedman we thank him for his time just a couple more questions for you Alex uh, so you were a busy guy over the weekend Glasgow one night Liverpool yeah. the other Rocky Fielding Martin Murray Tenny, Terry Flanagan who were the standouts at the Liverpool show?
4: Yeah I mean I, I, you know if you'd have stopped the, the tape after four or five rounds with Flanagan you'd have said wow Flanagan's back to his best he, he was the sort of he was up on his toes, the, you know, the, the the stuff that we saw very early on against the likes of Magda, Magdaleno, and he, you know, injury has, has kind of robbed him of. I think the ability to train in the way that he needs to train as a big, strong lightweight. More importantly, I think that that handicapped him essentially. First four or five rounds, I thought it was terrific. Um, in the end, he couldn't quite sustain it. Whether it was because he put so much into or I think Duran was just really really tough so I I like the fact that Flanagan looks like he's getting back there and he's working his way down to
2: 135 as as well Um, Money is just a case of what fight is it isn't it I mean Mm. I
4: personally I'd love to see him and I mentioned this in comms I'd love to see him against Liam Williams I think that's a natural fight for the pair of them and I think he'd be a good fight as well and Rocky Fielding that's a sure real punch, isn't it? To, to announce yourself after a, nearly a year off
0: the track. Um, so there's some good fights for all of them. Some good fights. A couple of quick fire ones for you, Alex. Uh, Wilder versus Ortiz two next week. How do you see that one going? Oh, I, do you know what? I think Ortiz should have won the first fight. Uh, what age is he now? Ortiz is he in his fifties or sixties? I'm not sure. I think he's about sixty eight. Um, <laughs> Exactly, um,
4: and I think really the first fight, age, was the difference between the two of them, because ha- had he had he been younger, he would have closed the show, and had Wilder not had youth on his side, he wouldn't have been able to come back, and that was the difference back then. He can only have got better in Wilder's favour, and he might just get the job done earlier this time. Um, but th- listen, look what's happened to, to AJ, look at the, the, the fight that, that Valen gave, a few years was so you never quite know where the big guys is. but really it should be about age and time.
0: Talking of big heavyweight rematches, you brought me perfectly on to the final one, AJ versus Ruiz two in December. How did you see that one playing out?
4: It's an absolute perplexing um, headache this fight. It really is. Because you know, i I'm not after telling but I've I I'd, I'd always said to my, my friends who are sort of casual boxing fans, you say, Oh god this AJ's mustard uh, I've been saying it for 3, 4, 5 years that he's kind of had the red carpet treatment and the Red Seas opened up for him in terms of his career. There's no way, after he just scraped past Dillian White, that had Charles Martin not for to become world champion. They were looking, I think his team were looking to go back to British and, and domestic level. And only because the the heavyweight landscape changed with Fury out of the picture, go out of the picture, suddenly a guy like Martin, who at the time had no right to be a heavyweight champion of the world, only because of that did the the landscape change and and the seas opened up for AJ. And he's taken his opportunity, but he's he's been learning on the job, and I, I think belatedly he got found out. Now the caveat with that is that. I think there was a whole lot of things going on both in front and behind the scenes leading up to to Madison Square Garden. I do think it was a perfect storm for Ruiz. There's no doubt he's talented. Maybe he's just got the, the size and hand speed is always going to give Joshua problems. That that's quite possible but I do think it was a, a perfect storm as well you know this this chubby guy I think when they sized up against each other during fight week as well I think AJ thought well this is a, an absolute blow over I think the media commitments took the toll I think the fighting away from home I think the travelling I think everything just took its toll now it may just be that Louise has got his number, and I'm perfectly willing to accept anyone who says that's the case. But I think Joshua's going to be better too, and he it, it, it is a bit of a headache. I, I, I've got to be honest with you, Steve, I've, I've no idea how this is going to pan out. What I would say is, is Joshua a, a three's on shot or, or thereabouts, given what happened before? I, I don't think so, but I'd be happy
2: to be proved wrong.
0: Absolutely intriguing fight. At Alex Steedman over on Twitter, everybody, top commentator, top fella, pleasure as always. Alex, thank you very much. Cheers, Steve. All the best. Now, cheerio. Alex Steedman, there, one of the good guys. Yeah, I've been in his company a few times. He's a good laugh. Tells some very good stories um, and a good We'd commentator. We'd love that
1: fight. He called there by the way. We'd love that Williams buddy fight. This is he called it there. It sounds like a really good fight at this point.
0: Absolutely. Andy getting stuck in there on episode 349, wrapping Rob Kelly's joined us on the call. Before we get him stuck in, Andy, you were going to give us a very quick lowdown <clears> of the <throat> undercard. What was the best of the rest going on last night?
1: Uh, well, wasn't it, uh, to be honest, I was disappointed There wasn't any it? stoppages me. I like, I like to go to fights, see some stoppages Number uh, on the undercard not Tommy Philbin raging because his fight was eight rounds against Daryl Sharp, ended up getting put down to six. Paddy Donovan, he looked pretty decent. Uh, I think it was his second fight uh, against Danny Mendoza, but um, left his chin open a wee bit actually. So I suppose Andy Lee will get that sorted out. Um, who else? Piers O'Leary, good hands. Uh, Craig Morgan, <laughs> first one in the card actually, but um, Tellez was was tough, durable. You know, I think he's been doing the kind of British circuit for a wee bit now actually as well. So. Uh, no surprise that I went the distance uh, and Kieran Smith against the Italian uh, Be- is it, I think it was Bella he was pronounced or whatever it was mm. um, you know the Italian was I don't know how much you saw it I think it was like only three or four rounds of the fight was shown on TV and that but you know the Italian came and gave a good go at it and stuff and didn't Kieran Smith are kind of easy time it who you know, I'd probably say at times we would get me kind of frustrated in that because obviously when they would lead in there, you know, Italian would kind of get him in the head and that. He was, you know, wanting shots go. So Smith would get me kind of frustrated. Um, whatever this uh, belt he's got, this WBC trinket he's got, you know, silver, international, I think it was. Um 154, I, I don't know if it's going to give him some sort of ranking and stuff, but um, he's talking about like, wanting big, big fights, you know, decent money fights and that next. So I really don't know where he's going to go with that, but. Um, I think he kinda of needs more fights like that to be honest with you. Just kinda of, you know, more kinda of learning fights. Um Bevel
0: couldn't punch, could he couldn't punch could he, Andy? That was the problem. I don't think Bevelaca.
1: Yeah, that as well. Um as I say, he, was, he was tough and game enough, I suppose. That's all you can probably say now, but um to be honest, S- Smith I think just needs to be kinda more seasoning. Um against guys like that, for example, and then kinda of steadily go up to kinda of European level because he's picked up this belt. And I hope he doesn't kind of use it to kind of bypass that type of level. I, I would like to see him kind of go British, maybe European and stuff, um, because you then know if you kind of if you're successful at that level, you know you are kind of then maybe know that you kind of you're ready for a step up and stuff. But um, that's the first time I've seen that Italian. And he did give him some problems and stuff, and he was, he was gay, it was game as I says. So um, yeah, other than that. Um, they we're kinda of struggling with a time frame, I thought actually because hence the reason why the Fulbright fight got dropped for eight to six rounds and stuff, so um all in all. It was a decent show on that but um disappointing for the main event I suppose. In fact it definitely was.
0: Absolutely. Rapping Rob Kelly is on the call with us. How are you sending Roberto?
5: Mike check, one two, one two.
0: One, two, testicles, testicles, one, two, three, he's there, (laughs) wrapping Kelly. Here Rob, just before you go on about Farouk against McGregor, Andy was mentioning Paddy Donovan there, Uh, I watched his debut, was keen on watching him, I I thought he was slick and he he showed the moves, but Andy picked up on something that I also noticed, his head's like a big stick, it's sort of been standing in front of the guy, maybe something needs to be worked on.
1: The hands are a wee bit low as well, I think, he doesn't get the hands back quick enough when he throws his punches, that's just... Yeah, he has
0: that low... He has that
5: style. He was using that. The amateur's highly touted, this guy amateur. He's with a top rank, um, too, and they were clamoured to sign him. It's crazy how Andy ended up managing him. I think he just... From what I heard, he just... Um, he, trains him, he
1: trains him as well. Yeah
5: yeah, tra- yeah, yeah, trains him and manages him. He trains and manages... I don't. Uh, he trains him and Jason Quigley now. So Jason Quigley's gone to him as well. I don't know if he's managing him or not, but... Um, yeah, highly touted amateur. I think he has that style... Like, I think he'll he'll transition over to the pros. He's got the talent, but yeah, like you say, I want to get your you want to get your chin tucked in, like or covered up, because uh, that can be exposed as you go down the, the pro route. Like, um, so I'm interested to see that it's not too many fellas coming out, out of the amateurs in Ireland get a top rank contract off the bat. So um, I'd be interested to see how he progresses. It was a points win last night, wasn't it?
0: it was a points he didn't win. Get he dropped the guy in one of the rounds as well. What do you think about Andy Lee's attire? I like that surgical shirt he was wearing. And he's
5: always he's always been a bit of a, a don with the fashion. Actually, Andy. He's a, I remember being on a video shoot with about ten years ago. Like, and he, he definitely he's definitely a, a stylish guy for sure. But uh, but yeah, the, in in terms of Farouk and McGregor, man, I think he's a probably caught by the time I jumped on. You've probably already covered it. Like, but what's the what's the First of all, Victor Buckler was at it like, wasn't he? What the fuck? He was at it like Ka- Cash Cash Ali and um Neil McGregor were kinda of holding each other as much and then he docked a point off McGregor. And then McGregor <laughs> wins one card. What was what did he win it by? Three, four rounds? Oh. We we nine, can't nine, work seven, seven, the maths out, Rob. We well. we we can't work the mathematics out, Would? help us. <laughs> Could not see that. I thought McGregor gave a good account of himself in the second half of the fight. He definitely tried to come back into it and try, never tried to stop winning. And it was a cracking fight. And we should have been talking about it being a close, cracking fight with a clear winner, which was Farouk. But it wasn't. Shout out to my man D2, actually. He told me to stick it on. I wasn't watching fight at the boxing last night. I'd forgotten about that fight. And then he said to me, this is a cracking scrap. So I threw it on. And then I watched it back just to make sure that I didn't kind of... I wasn't like I didn't miss any of the earlier rounds. It looked like Farouk was was on top. He cut badly, man. Those two two cuts were the, the one over the eye was a right slice, like so he need time off. But hopefully he will rebuild and he'd come back. Definitely on that performance. Although he's lost everything and he should be the rightful winner in that scenario. Um he'll be back. But I'd watch that again, like I definitely watch that again. But I can't make an argument for... As, much as, as good as a performance as McGregor put up, I can't make an argument for him winning it. And I definitely cannot see that score of four rounds. Four rounds? Fucking hell, man. Like, it's just... Victor Lachlan's poison as well, isn't he? He's not great ref. Like, he's not good. Like, well,
0: I was a bit you know. surprised, Rob, that he got the gig. I thought they would have brought one of the English boys up, although they might have got dog's abuse. That's the only thing. But I, to be honest with you, I'm going to disagree with you, rapping, Rob Kelly. I thought that McGregor was initiating most of the holding, to be honest.
1: Yeah, he was and he was he like was that's that' a... like it was definitely getting warned constantly. But when that time when he pushed
5: him through the ring Farouk had him of around the neck, like that's true. <laughs> he had him in a bit of headlock and he pushed him around through the ring and then he took you know then he then he docks the pile from McGregor. But Lachlan has form anyway, doesn't he? Like remember that night of uh, Josh Taylor, Ryan Martin. Uh, a lot of people said he stopped the fight prematurely and he had a stinker on the cards on a, on a, one of the fights, one of the domestic fights. Oh, on that, that, night that as was well.
0: uh, so... Was that Dowell Williams against um, Zach?
5: Can't remember. Parker, yeah, it was a cracking was British British fight, wasn't it? And he um and he gave he gave the wrong decision that night. So I don't know, but the one you know the referee was a, was a bit player in the fight. It was a great fight. I like I like Faruk's style, man. He's a small little guy. He's given up so much so much size in that, in the ring last night as well, and he's just going to the body. I thought McGregor missed the opportunity to go to Farouk's body because the first half of the fight he couldn't seem to tag him cleanly, and he's standing right in front of him. So instead of going downstairs or maybe going around. Longer arms, whipping the shots around to the back. And trying to work the body that way, but didn't really seem to throw any body shots last night. It was head hunting a lot. So the two of them are young. The two of them will learn from it. Great fight to be in for the two of them under the lights. <laughs> but it looks at the coverage There was a couple of fights outside the ring as well. I don't know what they. I don't know how the judges had them. Was the guru there? <laughs> um, fucking smart, fucking. Well, I, I was. Yeah, if the guru was there, all bets are off. I think i tell like um But yeah, no, look. Just a poor decision, not really much more I can say about it. A poor decision, great fight, but a bad decision.
0: I've never met a fucking Solank that can fight me. Uh, Andy, I was going to ask you a question, but it seems to have slipped my mind now, so I suppose we shall move on. Ozzy, don't, don't know if you got to see anything of the card over on Channel 5. Uh, Alex Dilmagani against Fr- Francisco Fonseca ended up in a draw. I thought Fonseca had probably done enough from what I saw. I was only watching it from about halfway onwards, and he seemed to be doing all the work. Although Dilmagani was tired, he was cut... I mean, it was a step up for him. At the end, they changed the narrative a little bit, saying, "Oh, you know, it's a great experience. He's, you know, he hasn't had many fights and all this." And, and I agree with that, but I think coming in, they probably expected him to do enough.
3: Correct. I think this guy was picked um, so McGarny could win. But I, without scoring it like I did the Farouk um, fight, I, I would have shaded Von Sacker. Um, I felt he just did enough. However, I'm not gonna. Cry about a draw because it was very close. Uh, it was a big step up for Del Magani. It's not really fought anybody, to be honest, to get to his nineteen and one record. And at least, I mean, Fonseca, whilst he, he didn't beat Javonta Davis and Tevin Farmer, he's had the experience of being in it, being in with them, and he took rounds off Farmer as well. So he's clearly not an idiot um, and, and no mug. But it was—I I enjoyed it. Um, some people calling it fight of the year. I won't go as far as that, but it was very enjoyable. And and fair play to Big McKennessy as well, who who just keeps on going, um, keeps on going. And yeah, he, he put a, he put a decent main event on um, for for a couple of people that in reality, I mean, it's quite amusing to see Dill McGarni and Fonseca headline a, uh, headline a card on Channel Five. But no, it was great. Dill McGarni, quick hands. Um, fought in bursts at times as well and uh, and look, looks talented looks a victim of basically just being severely inactive and you know just lack of ring time and um, there's certainly a fighter there and I think he could um, ruffle a few feathers domestically in the UK as well uh, I think this onus of you know like rushing to world level is just needs to be put on the back burner at the moment but the guy's talented um, I wouldn't be shocked to see a rematch either I think it'd be quite easy to make. I don't see people clambering to fight either off or Fonseca, so it makes sense to do the immediate rematch. If you know, if there's a bit of controversy, I think I've, I've seen arguments for all three results. Uh, so why not? Um, I, I saw a, a, a bits of the undercard as well. I watched that on the Hennessy YouTube channel. Um, nothing really to shout home about. Uh, Big Mick. Um, Michael Hennessy Jr um, Big Mick's son uh, Little Mick Well yeah and he is little compared to uh, Big Mick um, But he, he defeated Richard Baba On points um, he, He's okay he just doesn't have Any power so he can't keep anybody off him But he, he strikes me as a person Who's always going to be in you know, like relatively Interesting fights because he lets his hands go But he just doesn't make a dent on anybody Um Couple of other prospects and things like that. I think uh, he linked up with Mo Pryor to help pad out this undercard. Uh, I didn't see John Joe Nevin against uh, Freddie Fonseca because I was watching the Farouk and McGregor fight. But apparently, it was a relatively straightforward win for John Joe Nevin. And I Nevin think he boxed hope... well, has he? He, bo- he boxed. Yeah, well. I, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm thinking. I think the hope that they, you know they can get some momentum behind him now because look, there's a clear talent there. Uh, he's just one of he's just won one of these uh, ranking belts uh, with the WBA. Probably gets him a top 15 ranking straight away. And look, like, like we said, there's a talented fighter there. Let's use him. Uh, also, shout out to Craig, Craig, Craig Woodruff. Uh, he's trained uh, and looked after by a uh, friend of the pod and my mate, Richie Garner. Uh, he went on the road last night and stopped the undefeated 3-0 Connor Marsden in the third round. So... Uh, um, props to Craig Woodruff. There, he's uh, he's took a gamble, gone on the road, and got a um, got an excellent
0: win in the away corner. Well done, Craig Woodruff. We always like to see that happening. A quick word from you, Rob. Then while I ring up our second guest on John Joe Nevin. I don't know if you saw the fight or not, but I think that's a he boxed really well, showed some of his talent, and at 30 years of age now, Mick's giving him a platform, and hopefully he can push on. No more messing about now.
5: Well, what, whatever you say about. Kennedy and we write him off and have a bit of a crack about him on the pod but he's obviously a very hard-working guy and he's, he's able to work fighters and get them into a position from a certain spot so if he's got John Joe on terrestrial TV and in a ranking position you wouldn't rule him out and um, getting an opportunity to challenge for a title personally I don't want to rule out a, an Irish guy straight off the bat but I think the inactivity you know not not all 100% John Joe's fault, but the inactivity and the circumstances behind the layoff, um, I think his his best years are, are gone, obviously at 30. Um, now, he hasn't got had some of the wear and tear, obviously, because he hasn't been in the ring, so that could extend his career for a little while. And there's no doubt in his talent, um, but I don't know. I think there's several pla- factors in play there. Like, an, um, I heard he's talking about... Was he talking about... Um, who was he talking? He was wanting to fight the other day. Was it Javante or Tank? One of them. I don't know. Tank or Shakur I don't know where Shakur Stevenson would fit into that. But I thought I saw his name being mentioned too. But look, he's looking for big fights, and I think we're going to see more of him now that he's back yeah. uh, based here. Um, and hopefully, we can pull him pull a few strings and we see what he what he's made of. But I wouldn't hold out too much hope for him conquering the 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 top honors in his division.
3: Welling's uh, just uh, doing his own yep. thing You
2: know Just <laughs> supposed to be yeah, the whole, Aussie, Sorry I'm going to have to cut you off I've got, got our next guest of the night
0: evening night. on Guys just going to talk over the top of you Sorry about that Asgi's on the call How are you doing Asgi? I'm good my man How are you? Not, not, too, me on? not too bad Thanks for joining us Keeping well yeah? Excellent
6: my friend Excellent
0: Tell me about this fight last night Then Cashfrook against Lee McGregor Did the white, right man win in your opinion? No the,
2: um,
6: I believe, I believe Cashfrook was way ahead here with the point to doctor, but listen, take nothing away from McGregor, what a warrior, you know, this is what boxing's all about, it's about giving it everything, it's such a shame, but well, you should know this in boxing, when you're, you're on someone else's promotion, someone else's home ground, obviously, cash from Glasgow, but, you know, it's Glasgow versus Edinburgh, in their, in their territory, don't look for any excuse, part of boxing, got to get used to it, it's not nice to see, but it is what it is, what a fight, what a fight, brilliant,
0: what about a rematch then, Azgi, some point down the line, hopefully?
6: It has to happen. I think with the the, the public outcry, it has to happen. And it'll, it'll create such a great interest. And, you know, why not on the undercard of a Josh Taylor fight? What a match that'll be. It's great for boxing.
0: Certainly is. You do a lot of work with Ben and Tell me about your work with Mohamed Rabi. How's he getting on?
6: Mohamed Rabi is a, he's a superstar. You know, in Morocco, he's he really is up there. He's world amateur gold medalist, um, Olympian bronze medalist. He's now 10-0. Before that, he was 14th in the world. After this fight, he'll be up 12. So he's this, this climbing. You know, he, there's something seriously special about him. And see the work Ben does with Mohamed Rabi. And Mohamed Rabi is one of them guys that does exactly as he's told. Such a lovely, lovely lad. And there's a big future, especially now signing with top rank. Um, he's big with SES. Um, which is Benny Blanco's um, company? He's it's, it's, it's doing so well. Such a big future for the guy.
0: One of the guys in our chat he has got a question for you, Asgi, He said, "How are you working sure. around the language barrier with Mohammed?"
6: Well, it's pretty. See, with Ben, obviously, the working codes. And for me, well, like, I'm there now, I can now and then. Now, I can speak a bit of broken Arabic, so we understand a bit. And uh, Mohammed Rabi can speak a bit of English. As long as we are working coordination numbers, we, there's always a way. And, you know, with his pedigree, being an Olympian and also a world champion, things are basically standard and he understands so You just have to just remind him um, it's OK, to be fair.
0: Is Gary Hyde still on the scene, uh, Asgi?
6: Gary Hyde?
0: Gary Hyde. used to manage Mohammed, Is he still involved?
6: I've no idea. Um, I don't know nothing about his background. Yesterday was my, my first day with him. Um, you know, I take him as he is. He's a great, great guy. Big you know, potential, big future, starting times
0: ahead. Talking about big futures and big potential, what about Hamza Shiraz? You'll be in the corner next week?
6: Absolutely, I'm excited for that. November the 30th in Birmingham on the BT Sports Live and the Fat Warren Show. You know, this guy is, what, 9-0, uh, five knockouts. It's his time against Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, a very good pedigree, home favourite. Um, it's going to be an exciting fight. But for you to get up there... You've got to face the people put in front of you, and I think it'll be a good test for Hamza. And people are going to see just how good he is super talent, excited.
0: What about Shabazz Massoud, Are you still involved there, Asge?
6: No, with Shabazz, I was. I took him to where I could take him to, but unfortunately, you know, the grass is always green on the other side, and outside influence will always take you a different path. It's such a shame to be fair. Great kid, but it is what it is, so can only wish him the best.
0: Just to remind uh, our listeners, Asg is on the call. What's your social media presence, is, sir? Uh,
6: um, I'm on I, um, on Facebook Asgeir, Instagram at Asgata, and on Twitter Asgeir.
0: You're obviously very closely linked with the Furies. Tell us about some of the uh, dealings you've had with Tyson Fury about Germany, all the underhanded stuff that went on.
6: Yeah, you know when we're in Germany with the Klitschko situation, you realise that they're the kings of tricks. They've not been, they've not had the reign for ten years without doing. Everything. That they could. The, the canvas was thick. We had to get the underlay taken out. The the wrap, hand wrapper, we had to make him take the wraps off. They, you know, they put um, a block under his shoe to look a bit taller. To the waters, you've got to be careful with everything. The security, that walking, that treading on your toes. Every trick they tried, but you know, thankfully, we, we was on, on point.
0: Tyson's obviously talking about UFC. He's done a bit of wrestling. What's his future in boxing? Do you think?
6: It's a neat First things first, Tyson Fury is a boxer. Mm. End of. That's his main priority. He is concentrating on the Deontay Wilder, but while he's on a break, he's got his number one um, book selling autobiography. He's got a a Christmas number one, a Christmas single with Robbie Williams. He just beat up Braun Strowman on WWE. You know what else can this guy do? This man, you know, is a great ambassador for mental health. There's no limits to what Tyson Fury can do. He's got a movie out with Sylvester Stallone coming out. Listen, big big future.
0: Just finally, for you, I believe you sparred Carl Frotch when you were youngsters, is that right?
6: Oh, that was so funny. Well, i, I tell you a story about Carl Frotch. Go on. We was, um, we was basically all in the yeah, gym. One like second, me. pal. One second, one second.
0: Not, yeah? one, second. Yeah, does, one, you know? one second, we're live, guys. We're live. One Join us, boys. Hasgit okay. on the call, everybody. Go ahead. Barkley. Okay, yeah,
6: so we was all training in the gym. Some, some little dudes come in, some, you know... Some guy, some little white right dude like, who's this skinny man coming into our gym? He goes, hi, is any sparring available at this gym? And like, oh, man, you're going to get battered. Proper little geeky looking guy. We thought, yeah, we'll spar, yeah? So this guy's oh, stretching please. out, warming, warming up. We thought, oh, man, you're, you're the match, team. We're going to bat. So I've gone in there first, jabbing away. You know, I'm, I'm pinging this guy's head. Well, I thought I was hitting him, but the guy just knew no, he was blocking with your head. He was blocking with his head. So then, then all of a sudden, he threw his shot. He's caught me. And, I, and the bell went and I thought, Oh, flipping, thank God. I thought, Oh, wow, this guy's crap. So I've sent my mate Elvis Doobie, a pro boxer, over have a hundred fights. he's gone in there. Oh, mate, this guy's battered from pillar to post. Then my mate, Dwayne Reed's gone in. He got back from pillar to post. Then the next person, the next person. Then the guy jumped after battering all of us and starts he's laughing because, hi, hey, my name's Carl Frotch. I'm a, I was a bronze um, Commonwealth champion he won bronze in the Commonwealth yes. um, he, he won six national titles he smelled and just laughed and walked off and then we knew this guy's something special and there's us underestimating this dude walking in especially being from Nottingham away from Derby the rivalry was already there like oh you're going to get battered but he kicked the shit out of all six of us
0: <laughs> great story <laughs> great story Asgi thanks for taking the time to join us man appreciate it Hey listen, all all I ask people to do is give a big shout out to
6: Hamish Shiraz. November 30th, it's is gonna be a great fight live on BT Sports. Um it's on the Front Warren Show in Birmingham. So if you can't get there, watch it live. If you if you can't watch it live, you now come down to Birmingham well either way,
0: just gives Shiraz all the support possible. It's gonna be excellent. Lovely stuff, thank you, so all the best now. Take care. Thanks bye for bye. having me on. Bye bye. Breave Yeah, Asgi there. Bit of a late call. Cow, cow frotch.
5: <laughs> cow frotch battering lads like onion rings. <laughs>
0: Escaping Flying on a Ryanair.
1: Ryanair, by the way.
0: <laughs> this thing gets
1: Almost what?
0: Oh, dear. Right, let's move on then, shall we? Dilmagani, Fonseca, we saw enough of that. Yeah, sorry for coming in a bit heavy-handed there, boys. I was talking to Asgi offline. And then I thought you had finished, so I just came in like a battering ram, like call of into the gym, smash it, smashing you all up. Sorry, Rob, I think I might to uh, cut you off in your prime, or maybe just slightly past your prime now, are you? No, no, well, I, I actually had finished. about we're 30 seconds there time, man. Exactly, we were <laughs> waiting for you. You were too busy up yeah, with we, the fucking
2: <coughs> royal see, in there, you
3: know? I was going to say, Steve, I, you just you left the pod hanging, and it was just this radio silence, of so me, uh, me, Andy and Rob... We thought you were pick- pushing your buttons. Yeah, we had to pick up the pieces and mop up your mess. because uh, you were oh, too busy yes. schmoozing the guests.
1: Oh, every week, man. He
3: underestimated he underestimated my talk time
5: on John John Evan as well. I was off that question very quickly. <laughs>
1: Kickback Steve, that's what they call me. Kickback Steve
0: <laughs> Yeah, okay. Let us move on then, shall we? Uh You know what? There's a lot of mediocrity over the weekend, Andy, so I'm going to have to hit you with something shit. It's just the lesser of two evils. What about Dominic Purcell, Sven Faunling? We had an interesting belly of the weekend, actually. They gave gave Henry Masker a Dominic Purcell pillow. We'll be coming to that later. You never know what's (laughs) going on in Germany. It's quite bizarre. But Purcell got the job done. The promoter probably wanted him to win, I think, even though both of these guys were semi-prospects
1: but also Steve you know as we also mentioned in with of the Week he's now a world champion picking up the prestigious mm-hmm. IBO title so mm-hmm. uh, hopefully there's not day you Bank though that's the only thing you know yeah I mean it was it's one of the fights Not you know Formling was he's at level you know Marcel he's had you know he's the one defeat he's been in that again like guys like Cooling and Murat and stuff like that who I think I was the guy that beat him and stuff but he's just kind of chipped away at the guy and that's what it was basically broke him down you know cut him up sliced him up and was basically it was a kind of mercy stoppage and uh, you know, it was a big kind of it was a, you know, a big celebration because he's picked up the also the prestigious interim WBA title so um, you know Germany's Double got world champion,
0: champion. that's that's yeah, two I world know. titles in my
1: book yeah add it to Germany though you know Christ almighty you know uh, Stephen Hertel, you know, the guy he beat was, uh, I think he was a Peruvian dude, whatever it was, but he was absolute dog shit. He's got like something inflated record, like, th- I don't know, like 35, 40 wins with like, three defeats and stuff like that. Every, every defeat's outside Peru, though, that's the only thing Mohamed um, Rabbe, as, uh, as I was, was was talking about, he was, um, for me, Ben Davison, he's, he's trying to speak pigeon English to the kid and stuff, and. Uh, He's obviously he has a talent, you know. He's what is, I think he's world. He's the ex-world champ in amateurs, or ex-world silvers. He's got a bronze at the Olympics stuff like. I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't hand out the type of medals that if you're not a good boxer. I would. I would like to have asked the question. I don't suppose he'd be the right person to ask it, actually, as to why he's been so inactive as such because he's only fought, is as I know, eight rounds you know, sort of eight-round fights in his career at this point, he's, he's only fought twice this year, and he, the last, his, his last fight was in March, you know, what is the hold-up with this kid? You know, he's 26, he should be in the prime of his career at this point, so I want to see more for him. Um, yeah, so that was it, really, for, for that German side, obviously. I mean, I've, I've seen other fights not that, for like, say, France and that as well, mate, and stuff like that, We should probably want to get to, you know, kind of slightly at one point. Yeah, but... Um, Bassel, I suppose, you know, knocking on the door and you know, light heavyweight division is now on notice.
0: It is certainly on notice. If it wasn't on notice with Bursell, it's certainly on notice now, Rob. With Peter Manfredo Jr. returning after three years out, two and a half years out of Woo! the ring, he's coming back. The pride of Providence, Providence, Rhode Island, against Melvin Russell in November. You're looking forward to Manfredo coming back, Rob. And what is your favourite Peter Manfredo moment?
1: Kozakis, absolutely
0: fucking
5: Kazagi, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the legend the legend killer fucking yes. kiss the muscles Joe Kazagi. that's what the mistress said about her. didn't she oh. now pa- granted paper never refused thinking she was a woman scorned because he left her for the yeah. one off strictly come dancing or whatever but she said when he beat Hopkins he was in the hotel kissing his muscles what a prick!
2: <laughs> that's that my me favourite
5: memory. It reminds me. Of that, that's my favourite Manfredo uh, moment because it reminds me of Kazagi kissing his muscles.
0: <laughs> He's glad to be back, Peter Manfredo. I'm for one. Here, I have I one see for you. Him. Seeing on. as
5: it's a slow week, what do we yeah. make of this fucking announcement that PPC are going to make their own belt? No, I don't. I think this what was in like the plans from day yeah. one.
0: They said they were gonna exactly yeah. I, I was it's not completely out of the blue because I thought they were gonna do that from the off. Yeah, Give it to yeah Tony but...
1: Harrison. Give it to Tony Harrison, he's the fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, He's Tony. just shit all over Chimel Cholo's fucking mind. He actually went in there never mind. See see this rent free comment, I hate this rent free comment. It's just it's overused. Fucking Tony Harrison walked into that guy's head to be fucking tent. I just just said, fuck you, bitch.
5: (laughs) Yeah, Charlo looks rattled, extremely rattled at the press conference. And I thought Harrison called it perfectly. He was all pumped up there (laughs) on the podium. Charlo was, and Harrison was like... This guy is a fraud. Like, look at him. He's up here barking. Everything he does is for the cat. Look at him up here barking and all that. Like, he's just <laughs> start calling him a hoe. It was brilliant. Yo and, ass, nigga. Yo ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, all all through the time, uh, Charlo sat beside him when he was talking, and he just turned around and addressed him, and he just looked scared or something. Charlo, like, so I I I think that fight's going to go the same way as it did the first time, but it's the, I think Uncle Al might have to fix in that night. Like, I think they need Charlo back on top, don't they? They got the other Charlo in against Dennis Hogan, and this one looking for the rematch after having a tune-up fight as well in between. So They're taking uh, no chances
0: with the Charlos, are they? It's sad to see, I no, think, they need better
5: than this. Yeah, I think they're going to rob Harrison if, it, if he doesn't knock him out. Lines
0: like.
1: in the camp. Lying to the camp. Put their
5: fucking lying head like the fucking Wizard of Oz walking to the ring too. <laughs> Shitheads, the two of them. I had that like <laughs> losing 40 grand in the nightclub and everything. Absolute plonkers, oh, the two of them. Well
1: losing it, stalled. Stole.
5: Having, having it lifted by two ones Ones that, it, frankly, it's they like, should have had, they sort of when you saw the ones that took the money, <laughs> You would think for that kind of money you'd be getting a better standard than that, like that's gonna rob you. You know what I mean? Yeah, so these shallows like, are out of
1: control. You would think so. The Charlotte's been hood, street, and you know, all that sort of stuff. That you would be you would be wise to this type of fucking manoeuvres. They you don't know. get robbed
5: by two fucking forty year old white women. Like, <laughs> <laughs> absolute shit ends them chalos, like,
1: <laughs> You yeah, fucking uh, ho ass. A whole ass bitch.
5: The, P- the PBC belt, baby, that's what it's all going to be about. You're going to have both Charlo's with a version of the PBC title, so watch out.
1: Hey, if you here on these two are called the whole ass bitches because the way Charlo was reacting to that, By you know how he ended that press conference? You know, he says, ah, yeah, but he still pulled out of the last fight. He, f- he faked yeah. injury. That, that's all he could do. Fucking Harrison was fucking in his mind he stopped to finish, man.
5: And Harrison just, was like, if I'm scared, what am I doing here now? I didn't even have a tune-up fight for you. What are you talking about I'm scared for? Like... And then Tyler then said, I'm going to pay for your funeral. I'm going to pay for your funeral. And you See, knew he was shook then. Like, you right. were shook then.
1: Seems the guy that fucking paid for Patrick. Haven't paid for Patrick Day's funeral, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolute fucking prick.
5: Yeah. Them Charles could go, man. I hope Dennis Hogan beats the other one as well. Whatever, which, whatever, whichever one is which, I can never fucking tell which one is which. No,
0: I can't either. I can't either. I've gone off them. I was thinking they were going to be the future at one point, but the, and they had some good wins. You know, one of them beat Julian Williams. The other one beat Lubin. You know, they had they have some good wins, but they're just they had, shit, man. And I'm an Al Hyman, you know, apologist.
5: But they had like a lot of UDS on the way up, and then when they moved up the weights or, or and up in class, they went on around a, a six fight knockout streak each. And now they seem to be back to the same <laughs> oh, sorry. so... <laughs> the Charlos, the Charlos, the chapter, another chapter continues in the Charlos story. Chapter, Charlo,
0: ah. okay. Needles in the camp. Uh, coming to you shortly on Australia, Andy, before we do so, <laughs> Aussie. Friday night, we mentioned it to Alex Steedman, who was obviously there. Rocky Fielding getting a win over Abdullah... Pazzi Wapazi Martin Murray fuck the fucking whoever watched this then you have my respect against I'm not even going to bother pronouncing that Jed Carroll Jeff Afore Terry Flanagan against Duran ugh did you watch this Jose? did you?
1: Liverpool? obviously no (laughs) I watched Rocky Marciano against Jersey Joe World (laughs) number one on Friday night if that's any help to you mate that's my breakdown in that fight
0: We'll give Aussie one more chance and then we'll go to you in Australia. Anything for Liverpool, Aussie Rocky Fielding? I
5: think aussie has gone off the call, it he looks like...
0: Oh, has he? Maybe off brushing his teeth. Good to you in Australia then, Andy. Maloney, brothers, both of them got wins. One of them by retirement, the other one second round knockout. Jason, Jason with a knockout. Andrew undefeated with the retirement win.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was the Jason one, one it was at Dixon Flores, I think it was. It was a body shot. Um, yeah. I've not seen any links torrent streams kicking about of for the whole card and that so I've not seen the rest of it to be honest with you, but I did know Andrew uh, got the win uh, some sort of interim belt again WBA bollocks and stuff like that so whatever that means it doesn't mean much it's why you getting that Colin Steve um, Argentina uh, light flyweight again it's a division that's kind of like maybe under, under wraps and stuff like that but uh, Augustin uh, Gaito knocked out Kenny Gano uh, second round um, WBO title uh, kind of frink, uh, trinket fight and stuff like that so that's kind of like mandatory defence now for WBO titles and stuff so um, what else we got obviously that Norway card we can get to and stuff uh, and the French card Michel Soro TKO 05 against Cedric Vatu, uh, dominated them destroyed them Arsang uh, uh four round knockout at Kane Watts cruiserweight title fight WBA and um Lewis Tootin come back with a, a, a one-round knockout against Bruno Sandoval. So, that's pretty much a kind of run-down of what I've seen this weekend. As I say, I've been more kind of hardcore as such because um, fights have been kind of spread out, quite sloppages and stuff like that. So, yeah, I suppose it'll be on to next week now.
0: Good stuff, Andy. Thanks for keeping us going. Yeah, I'm having a few issues with that latest one. I'll speak to Ozzy about that off the call. Ozzy, I was trying to get you in on Liverpool not, not to worry. Rocky Fielding, Martin Murray, Terry Flanagan, anything that caught your interest? I won't say I'm anything. You, that... I'm gonna get Sorry. you in on this Liverpool card if it kills me. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, I, I won't say anything of remote interest. I thought Rocky Fielding's finish was absolutely tremendous against that. What's it? Paza Wapatty or something like that. Um as Alex Stevens said, Terry Flanagan um looked okay, but again, wasn't really in with with much and, and likewise Martin Murray as well wasn't again was in with the guy with on paper uh, to look at was a good record but if you delve into it there wasn't much there to be honest but um, look MTK are keeping these people busy um, and I think it's fair to say that they've probably kept careers going because in reality I think it'd be difficult you know to get people like Murray, Flanagan, all these chances, even people like Natasha Jonas as well, because when she was knocked out by that, Obanov, in reality, you wouldn't be shocked if she, if she, if that was it for her, but, um, I don't know, it was, it was okay, it wasn't anything spectacular, I think, I think, as Steedman said, a fight with, um, between Liam Williams and Martin Murray, would be excellent, Um, I think that'd be really good, and Uh, I know he's got um, I know he's got what's it called Um, the fight with the uh, Roberto Garcia coming up Liam Williams that's going to be a world title eliminator on the Dubois card the WBC have ordered that bizarrely but if he comes through that I don't see Williams getting an immediate shot so I think somebody like Murray who I think doesn't pose a massive threat but his name still carries a bit of weight uh, can come to win and he's boxing without any worries things like that. So it, it will be certainly interesting. As for fielding, um, I don't really know where he goes next. And Flanagan, I saw he wants the big names. But again, um, I think he's going to have to be go on the road and get an opportunity right, or get himself into some sort of mandatory um, rather than anything else. But we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see with these guys uh, as we go into 2020.
0: Big heavyweight action over the weekend, Junior Four. We mentioned him before in the pod. He's from Australia, New Zealand, one of the other... It was how he
1: go on, by the way? Farah, I'm not he sure about him.
0: I don't know, Junior Farr got to win, me, though, Andy.
1: He, he messaged me the night he was meant to fight, actually. Uh, he said, how you do? I says, uh, yeah, no problem. You speak English, podcast. They went, there He go, back to me, eh? So, <laughs> hopefully he's still alive after that fight. <laughs> right? like, you know, so...
2: <laughs> yeah. there could have
5: been it could have been lost in translation there Andy because normally if you get a message off a of Peruvian saying how you do it's not really related to podcasts
2: <laughs> yeah how hey, you do
5: you want that's, to
1: do that's there nutrient. for you, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, we're not worried about Junior Far. I know he's been sparring Deontay Wilder in the build-up to Wilder Ortiz 2, which we will be getting onto to very shortly. This is episode 349 of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse podcast. Aussie's uh, on the call, Andy Patterson, Rob Kelly, me, Steve, I'm here as well. Rob, question for you over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum from friend of the pod, Joe Kennedy. Shout out to Joe. Which of these five prospects, Rob is number one, the most overrated, and number two, the most likely to be Hall of Fame. So let me name you five prospects, and you can tell me which of these five is the most overrated and which is the most likely to be Hall of Fame. Devin Haney, Tiafemo Lopez, Jaron Ennis, Virgil Ortiz Jr., or Ryan Garcia. So we've got Devin Haney, Tiafemo Lopez, Jaron Ennis, Virgil Ortiz Jr., and Ryan Garcia. Who's the best? Who's the worst?
5: Was that for me, yeah? you are Rob Yep. Oh sorry man, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Something about who's the best out of the rain, Garcia, Jaron, Ennis, who's the other one?
0: (laughs) Right, this is over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum Rob, from friend of the pod Joe Kennedy, shout out to Joe, which of these five prospects... Is number one the most overrated, or number two the most likely to be Hall of Fame? Devin Haney, Teofimo Lopez, Jeron Ennis, Virgil Ortiz Jr. or Ryan Garcia?
5: Virgil, guys, what's the guy? I don't know much about him, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Jeron um, Ennis looks okay. Don't I don't think anyone's touting him for great, greatness yet. He looks flashy and he has tassels on his shorts, and he does a bit of moving around the ring. Oftentimes those guys don't really pan out, so... I'll leave him out for the moment. Devin Haney, I don't think, is overrated. I just think he's in an overinflated position. I think he's a decent kid with good attributes that could be good down the line. But it's all happening a bit too early for him. And I mean, they're fucking mailing him the belt, it kind of takes away a bit of his appeal. Um, Gansi, think, I think, looks good at, from what I can see at the moment. I think he has the potential to be a good fighter, even though he is a little shit. Um, so... Who's the most overrated? Fuck, I don't know. I suppose I... Sp- I don't know. I don't know. I had to, to call. They're all kind of around the same level, so um, not a great answer there from start to finish. Apologies, Joe. Joe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, this is
0: maybe... Joe. This is what this is what Rob Kelly thinks of your answer. You'll have to listen back, Rob. To, this is what Rob <laughs> thinks of you. You're head. a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that right, Rob? <laughs> I
5: hope it's not. You're a bum. You're a fucking asshole. I hope <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll have to find it. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Uh, right, let's go on to the other action from the weekend. Aussie. No, action f- that's coming up next weekend, Friday night. The Caesars Palace, Dubai, United Arab Emirates. The Japanese Boxing Commission are sanctioning this for some strange reason. Vijendra Singh going against Charles Adamu. Don't know why Charles Adamu is still fighting. Sounds a bit dangerous to me. Mohamed Wazim, Thomas Patrick Ward. Most importantly, Jack Catchell, 24-0, going in against Timo Schwarzkopf. This is keeping Catchell nice and warm for a shot at one of the big boys hopefully soon.
2: Yeah, a
3: bit of a a peculiar uh, location, but Jack needs to keep busy. Um, I think there's always a concern when he's it, you, you know, fighters get into this mandatory situation that they just want to sit there and wait and do nothing. Um, look, he's uh, it's I say somewhat competitive. Um, I think we know that this guy's expected to lose. In reality, I mean, look, he um, a couple of fights ago he lost to somebody or by by a decision against Gift Bolo um, lost decisions to Chris Van Heerden, uh, Anthony Iget as well. So, look, we know we know Catterall's expected to win. But I think he needs to look good in doing it. Um, whilst he's, he's in this mandatory slot, look, uh, I think it's against Ramirez. But Ramirez is taking on Postal, which is his first mandatory. And I think that's taking place in March, uh, something like that. So, in reality, he's only going to get a shot come, what, June? that's if everything goes okay in the Postal fight. Any, hell, that ages
0: away, isn't it? March. I know. This is, this is
3: what, yeah, so, I mean, Mark, Postal, uh, Ramirez is taking place in March. In turn, then, so, I mean, you, you're looking at probably next summer uh, at the earliest. Um, and, and that's not saying, you know, that potentially another um, another unification could come about. You know, then you've got three belts on the line and he's waiting. So, he, he needs to keep busy, Um me personally, I would have preferred somewhat of a better opponent. Um, but look, it gets him out for the second time this year. Um, I mean, the what's it called? The his opponent earlier this year wasn't up to much. Carpen, I think it's just a case now of look, get getting him in, uh, get the win, and then kickstart 2020. I think he needs to box certainly again. Um, before this mandatory fight and it needs to be somebody of quality as well I don't see a point you know fighting like a a journeyman in March going into a fight with Ramirez he should try and box on the undercard of Ramirez Postal because if he's going to fight the winner it just helps pull up a bit of interest Mm -hmm. things like that Um, but for me it it needs to be a meaningful fight Um, I I think all too often you know you can sit and you can labour to wins and it doesn't do you any favours I've always said that Whilst he's ranked, uh, and he is the mandatory challenger, I felt that he needed two or three fights at European level. Um, he may well be at that level, but it gives you the experience and different styles rather than jumping straight into a world title fight. So we'll wait and see. Um Vajinda Singh singer don't care, Singh's a waste of time. Uh, heard all sorts of stories about him when he was over here training in the UK. Uh, Mohammed Wazim in against a, a vet uh, 36 and 10. Have you Danny seen that Gamp guy?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Look at his photo on Boxwick. Oh, wait, wait. God.
3: He's is 38. That that? That's absolute bollocks. He looks Mopping 58. up in the prison canteen. Oh, hell yeah, I was going to say, yeah. He's obviously been... Looks like he's been let out on day release or something like that. And this is like, you know, knock up a couple of fights and we'll let you out early. Bloody hell. Um, and then, yeah, t- Tommy Ward's on there. Talented fighter. I think again they're just waiting for an opportunity with him and Rowan Date as well, who used to be you know who came on the podcast probably, God twelve months ago now he's got another he's uh, out on the card against Justice Addy so no so I mean it's one of them it's an experience to go and fight in Dubai seven I urine. think I think
0: that's all you can say it is
5: seven Ukraine. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm worried Andy about Catchall maybe losing a bit of momentum. I know that he's been sitting around waiting for his shot, but sometimes you can sit too long. Lee the Alcoholic Frotch says it'll be two years since he beat the quitter to become mandatory. Joke, really. It does seem like Catchall, someone as talented as him, I know they've got their opportunity and they're waiting on it, I understand that, but maybe they could have took a different route. I know that's a bit naive to say, but I want to see guys like him fighting now while they're in their prime.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. It's, it's, I don't know if it's like poor advice or whatever and stuff, but it's, um, it's like, I don't know, how long has he been sitting on that WBO number one spot? for. Uh, to me, it's like, it must be at least two years. Or it's got to be. A years, yeah. It, yeah. It, it is, it is, but I'll tell you
3: what. you, it, It's money. all right, Cran, it's all right sitting it. in the number one spot, but until that mandatory is called, it's not worth anything. So what's Jose Ramirez been doing?
2: Mandatory.
3: Um, Well, he he fought, what's it called, didn't he? He fought Maurice Hooker in the unification.
1: So basically WBC title as well.
3: Yeah, so so he he was mandatory challenger for Maurice Hooker when it was called. (laughs) But Hooker was called in and then they um, they boxed a unification fight, which takes precedence of the mandatory slot. Uh, Hooker got beat and then Ramirez, obviously, has had two mandatories called at the same time, the WBC and the WBO. And he's opted for the Victor Victor Postal fight first um so he's fighting victor postal first and then the winner of postal ramirez then needs to fight catarole but like i say this is going to be next summer at the very earliest imagine ramirez breaks his hand or something like that when or likewise, vice versa postal does it you'll you'll see like an interim title pulled in for the wbo or something like that just to keep it active rather than anything else but it's not a good situation to be in and I think sometimes a mandatory slot can be the worst position you're in unless it's with the IBF because they're consistent and at least you'll know you'll fight for one within what 10 months at at best Um, you see like others like WBA WBO even look Dillian White with the WBC he was sat number one for ages and then they just put um, Dominic Brazil in front of him and called him as the mandatory instead so it looks great on paper, but unless you call, does it? It's not worth anything, and I, I think Catterall's feeling this, and it, it's been seen now, and he's he's just got to keep plodding along with these essentially no marks until he gets yeah. his opportunity eventually.
1: That's the other thing as well, because I, I just as Ozzy was talking, I put up with WBO rankings and stuff. So I have put just just take for example the top the top guys. So you Catterall on number one, Liam Paro, the Australian, right? I've never seen him fight. I don't think he's ever fought outside of Australia, right? So, next up, I think, would be Virgil Ortiz. We is he no golden boy? So, we know what he's all about. You got Algieri, um We know what he's all about. Barbosa seems to kind of like ring a bell and that, but he's been over the course before. The guy there called uh, Juan Carlos Torres, a Puerto Rican, up in age, never seen him fight, never thought say Puerto Rico, does seem to get, well, he's fought in Santo Domingo, whatever it was, but he's been kind of like weighing waste of his kind of fighting Another one, I suppose, would be a Uzbek Steve, would be uh, Shojan Egerjev. Er, uh, but to mm. me, it's just it's just, it's just, it's just, he's been sitting on that WBO ranking for too long, waiting for the title shot. And it's just, he's new victim of politics and stuff. Unless Frank I don't know if he's still with Frank now. Whoever is waiting, he needs to try and force a situation, but the way he's looking at the minute is as Rosie well says, summertime, maybe even this time next year, he's still waiting for a world title fight.
0: Someone else is waiting for big opportunities. Huey Fury. No love in the chat from Lee the Alcoholic Frotch. Would you rather lick Huey Fury's back up and down or watch his ten rounder in Monaco next week? <laughs> it's on the thirtieth of November. We'll be discussing that. In great detail, a couple of fights next week. We're not going to talk about them, just quick mention. Kermit Sintron returns. Never mind Peter Manfredo Jr. Big Kermit's coming back Saturday afternoon in Pennsylvania. Maybe Dave the hater Lowback will go over to that one. Jack Kulkoi as well going in against undefeated Jammer Saidi for the WBO European title. Don't like them European titles, man, absolute bullshit they are. Uh, who's jumping in there? Rapping Rob Kelly, I can hear you breathing uh, conversation imminent Rob go on. That's
1: some
0: dragon. <laughs> He's
1: dragging. See listen, that's me. Some... He's healing it. Dragging me feet dragging me
5: feet on me. If you licked the uh, Tyson or Huey Fiori's back up and down, would that leave a sour taste in your mouth? <laughs> that's who's fighting oh. took me ages to fucking unmute myself for that the build up was better than the fucking joke to be
2: honest with you be safe <laughs>
0: Right, what should we go on to next, then, boys? Not many questions, but we have got a few cards of interest. Andrew Cancio defending his yeah. WBA super featherweight title against Rene Alvarado. Can Zoo as well against undefeated yeah, awesome. Manny Robles the third. That would be an interesting upfight fight on the undercard, Andy. I wasn't going to talk about that, but Zoo, he's on a good run of form. Yep. Robles is undefeated and has had some good wins as well. And shout out to Cancio. I just he's just a he's one of us, isn't he? He's you know the guy who works during the day in construction or whatever it is, and he wins world titles by night.
1: He does. Uh... For me, Kanzo. Obviously, I'm, I'm talking about you know, no Cancio, I'm Kanzu. Sorry.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. Obviously, maybe it kind of follows me a bit better and stuff. But I think uh, the way he's talking, Stevenson and Warrant warranting unification has been discussed, right? But for me, the savage the say this in me at featherweight, Warrington against Kanzu is the fight to be made for the fans fan friendly fight in Leeds I think it would do great numbers by you know, well maybe the arena I'm not talking stadium fights obviously but I just think that is a fantastic scrap But it's just all out war so for me I'm going to keep a, uh, an eye on Kanzu uh, Kanzu against Rene Alvaredo Is Alvaredo guys he had been over the course before by any chance
0: they fought before I think haven't they I think Kanzu already has a win over him possibly
1: right right yeah, so...
0: Shows I how good the WBA is, then. A guy with eight losses who's already lost is fighting the champion. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Terrible, mate. Absolute terrible.
0: You're right, the Steve. He stopped,
3: him back to the, he stopped him back in 2015.
0: Oh, did he? Right, there you go. I yeah, knew they fought before.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Brown. But just picking up on what Andy said then. Um, yes. Yeah, talk, talks are happening with uh, for Warrington and Stevenson. I think they're in a bit of an iffy situation here because you've got look, Shakur Stevenson's calling you out um, and he's basically saying he's willing to travel, uh, come to Leeds, basically beat beat uh, Warrington in front of his own fans. So if they then go for somebody like Kanzu, is that seen as somewhat of a duck? Uh, I, I'm not too sure. Um, look, I mean, there's ways around things. You can just say Stevenson wants too much cash, uh, etc., things like that. But we'll need to wait and see. But, i I'm easy for either fight um i I wouldn't be shocked to see that if if zoo beats uh, the winner of zoo and Robles uh should be upgraded to the full um version of this world title I think this is just for the regular title which then uh, would be a more of an acceptable uh, fight for Warrington but i think um I don't think a, a decision is imminent but uh, I think they'll basically the'll total up the numbers I think the next fight's going to be at Ellen road. Um, regardless, uh, and what I would say is if that if they can't get a uh, they can't get a Stevenson, which I think they will, um, I certainly think they'll be able to get Zoo to travel as well because look with Warrington there's money in that stadium, he packs it out, he gets thirty thousand in there. I'm going
1: a zoo that Zoo fight. I'm going. What's yeah. the lot that,
3: that's that a
0: difficult seat. fight, you know. That's like fighting Tug Stop Oh, that's that's an mm. unknown name who's gonna give Warrington hell. It'd yeah. be a very good fight exactly. on paper. But I think Zoo's mm. tough as hell, man, he can punch too.
1: Um, uh yeah, exactly, mate. Listen, it's, it's one for us. It's no one as you say for like a stadium fight, for example, you know, want to sell with yeah. the masses, but it's one for us. And, you know, if we can mm. do our bit to get out to the masses to say, Look, listen, this fight is this is a this is a fantastic fight it's no unification it's no a well-known fight it's not a breakout fight it's no a name fight but to this well, point it's trench warfare
3: it would be a unification though because santa cruz has gone up now hasn't he so he'll be what's it called so that i'm sure that full version of the um featherweight title will become vacant and so they'll be upgraded so it'd be for the ibf and wba belts so they could market it as that. I mean, the Stevenson fight is more marketable, isn't it? In terms of young American, hot prospect, uh, runs his mouth, basically says he's happy to beat Warrington up in front of his, own, in his home uh, city, <coughs> things like that. Um, both are good fights. Both are good. And I know Warrington's open to either of them. He'll fight anybody to get that unification fight. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Certainly going to be interesting. I think it's a case of, like I said, look, Warrington's probably the 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 big race side in this. There's not many of these people that can go and do 30,000, 35,000 tickets um, Great. over there. Great. It, it, it's massive, that. And like I said, they'll probably make it a pay-per-view. So they've got pay-per-view money. They've got 30,000 tickets. They've got a BT cash as well. It can be a lucrative fight. And like I said, I, I don't blame Warrington for, for sitting tight and wanting people to trouble because... Like I said, not many people can go and do 30,000, 35,000 and he is one of them uh, and it'd be a hell of an atmosphere and I think people would come out because if it sold as a unification, I think uh, people would come out for it. Uh, but no, Warrington Zoo would be a hell of a fight. It would be a tough fight as well, but I think Warrington's been written off that much now. It's I think he thrives on that, doesn't he? And I think if worse comes to worse, they'd fall back on if none of these fights could be made. I think they'd pull in Frampton again for a rematch, personally. Uh, which wouldn't be ideal because I think Stevenson and the zoo fights can a hundred. I think they can be made personally. Um, you're hearing plenty of positives and not so many negatives, which for early discussions is, is quite a rarity. Usually it's, you know, straight away, Oh, he wants to obscene money and things. Like that. And they're only an offering. us like a third of what he's asked for. But I think the talks are positive and I wouldn't be shocked to see the zoo or Stevenson over here uh, next summer, which Will be unbelievable.
0: I mentioned Tug there. He's mandatory to Gary Russell. Now, Lee, the alcoholic frotch, said that's going to be Gary Russell's mandatory. So, his yearly fight, so we can expect Gary Russell defending against Tug next year and that'll be yeah. the only time he appears. Now, I'd make Warrington what, what, the, the favourite now I'm against Zoo. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so would I. So would I. And what you can say about Russell as well is he fights once a year and people just kind of accept that now. Because I think Russell would be a risky fight for Warrington. I think that would be difficult. And I think he's a difficult fight for anybody. But I think you can just basically get away with saying, look, he fights once a year and he's happy with that. So, uh, and, and that's it, really. Um So, yeah, I think R- Russell's probably at the back of the queue in terms of unifications. Um So, yeah, I, I, I would agree, Steve. I would make Warrington favourite against Zoo. Um, not so sure about Stevenson. Um, I think it could be a difficult one for for Warrington, but at the same time as well, the camps he puts him through, I think he get the bit between his teeth,
0: and I think personally, it can be a difficult match work for anybody.
2: I fell asleep.
0: Jason Chukwu's woken up. He wants to know what happened on Channel Five. Deal McGarni and Fonseca. Drew uh, Kanzu is the guy we're talking about fighting Josh Warrington. Jason, welcome I feel to asleep. you. Uh, right Rob let's get on to Liverpool next Saturday evening a fight that might take your interest looking down the undercard this Liverpool show Tom Farrell Sean Dodd local bragging rights there Anthony Fowler against Harry Scarf. Scarf impressed me there in that recent fight against an opponent whose name I cannot remember uh, Craig Glover against Chris Billam smith James Tennyson Belfast finest against Craig Evans which could be decent Callum-Smith in the main event Rob that's what you're interested in in against John Ryder I said last week that I felt Ryder I hope he wins I think he'll be competitive he'll be a good scrap but I think he might be a bit too small for Smith what do you reckon
5: yeah I think he's going to be up against it uh, Ryder but I'm willing to do it like really I'm willing to do it hope he, hope he gets the job done hope he can rattle Smith like I think Smith's calibre of opposition hasn't been great so far but he's looked good in disposing guys that he should be getting rid of I think a lot of people are making him the favour too too easily though in this fight. Like I think Ryder's right in this fight. He had, he was on the verge of a U-bank fight. They never heard anything back, I think, from what Ozzy was saying. So he's he's worked his way into this position. He's done it the hard way. A couple of losses, comebacks. We've spoken about him at length. He's been on the pod loads of times. Great lad. And um, we love him to do it. And like, it's a Cinderella man story, man. If he does it, you know what I mean? It's, what a, it's going to be one of the best stories in boxing if he can get a version of a world title. Like, nobody begrudge him. So I'm willing him to do it. I'm going to go completely uh, biased on this one. And root for Ryder by stoppage. But, you know, he is up against it. It's going to be a very tough night for him.
0: Absolutely, Callum Smith's the man, they want to win Aussie, Ryder's not being brought in to win this one, I've been completely underwhelmed by Callum Smith, it's one of the strangest careers, I don't really know what's going on in the background, I know he's changed his manager and all that type of stuff, but I'd love Ryder to do the business, but Smith, I don't want to get into Smith black hole, we've discussed this many a time, but I don't know what on earth is going on with his career to be honest.
3: No, um, I think I think a lot of people see him as this, you know, a bit of a destroyer, 26-0, 19 KOs, but... I I think he's always flattered to deceive of sorts. Like I said, he's had a stop-start career. Um, Was in a similar situation to Catterall, you know, when we were talking about it. He got into this WBC position. He never ended up boxing for that title and he was sat on that position for ages. It was was when he beat that Hadilla Mohamedy um, in a final eliminator for the WBC title. And then after that, he fought some renault so goodison norbert nemesa Patty, and then luke blackledge who like i said if you're that level you should be wiping out opponents and he did wipe out luke blackledge in emphatic fashion but um i was surprised to see him go 10 rounds because black blackledge is pretty straightforward um when-, when it comes to it he's nothing spectacular he, he then gets in the uh, the what's it called in the super series um Boxed okay against Scoglund, didn't have it all his own way. And I thought Scoglund tagged him at times quite a lot. Uh, he, he then got a, a breeze with this Nicky Holskin, But again, just didn't impress. And then and then he got in with George Groves in the final. And I think, look, we know Groves had shoulder injuries um, and it wasn't fully recovered and not taking anything away because I thought the stoppage was excellent. And he saw Groves just hurt and he blasted him out of there. But in my opinion, I had it quite close um, going into that. I think I had it relatively even. And then he smashed out and down, which, like I said, you're disappointed if you don't drop and down. That's kind of one of the uh, the norms you get when you sign up to fight him. He goes down and he gets straight jack back up. But yeah, he is, yeah. He's a jack-in-the-box. He's like a weeble, isn't he? You push him over, he gets straight back up. Um, but no, but so we, look, yeah, look, they, they brought John Ryder in. I think this is a WBA mandatory and. All the talk has been about fights in the future. Um, Canelo, uh, Billy Joe Saunders. I'm even seeing talk of they want Sergey Kovalev to come over to fight at Anfield now. Uh, so that, again, that's interesting. And I think Smith. I don't think Smith's got long left in the sport. He's earned a fortune, absolute multi-millionaires now. Doesn't need to fight again. Probably just doing it just to you know tick off a couple of things um, because he's ranked number one. I think Ryder's in the fight. I think if he can weather an early storm, it's going to be interesting. Um, it, it really is. R- Ryder's rejuvenated at 168. He's really grown into the weight. It's not, you know, he's just jumping up. And it, it's a decent fight. And look, there is no pressure on John Ryder whatsoever. All, all the pressure's on Smith to look good and impress. Has to look good and impress, you know, to be in with a shout of fighting someone like Canelo in his next fight. And like I said, I do wonder if they're overlooking him of sorts because all this talk from all of his team is all about future major title fights at Anfield going to America. And it's like this the mandatories are And Look, there's some shoddy mandatories that we've seen before over here. Kevin Bizier, Billy Joe Saunders has had a couple as well. Jojo Dan. John Ryder's not in that category and one thing's for sure, he'll be giving his all and he's coming to win. Um, Certainly up against it. It'll certainly be John's biggest test in his career, in my opinion. But he can box. We saw he gave Saunders an excellent fight down at 160 at British level. So, I think, what is he, 9 or or 10 to 1 to win? I think he's a better shot than a 10 to 1 shot to beat Callum Smith.
0: Ozzy, while well, you're on odds, actually, any more odds you want to throw in? Because Max Stoke always asks me every week for the odds. I usually ask Smido and I know you're big on it. I I wouldn't even know anything about odds. Anything, Any other value there's to be had on this card or anywhere else?
3: L- let me just have a quick look now. I'll pull up odds checker uh, relatively quickly. Um, uh, I think, is it Jason Chuck Woo? Uh yeah. What Chuckwoo needs to realise on the millionaire comment is that Super Series paid an absolute fortune Bed an absolute fortune, Mill- millions of pounds, particularly for the semi-final way. and the final. I think the semi, the final against Groves. I think the winning purse was about seven million dollars, eight million dollars. It was massive, massive money, and they got big bonuses as well, uh, big, big bonuses. I know Jamie Cox got about seven hundred and fifty thousand for fighting George Groves. No, it's no shot. Cox has had one fight since, and he got beat off John um coincidentally so yeah um they they redid the strategy and obviously weren't paying as big a wages out second time round but yeah that's why callum smith's a multi-millionaire because in his final and semi-final it's basically he's earned more than well he's earned a fortune um yeah so what we're looking at so tom farrell is the two to five favorite against sean dodd who's two to one um Interesting that. I think that's a pretty much a genuine 50-50. Dodds obviously won a British title. Uh, no, did he? Or not? Or did he? Oh, no, he should have won a British against Scott Cardle, should And was robbed on the cards. Tom's fallen up short in his quest for a couple of major belts against Davis and um, Philip Bowes. So that's quite close. Um, I think Craig Evans is a better shot than 13-2 to against James Tennyson. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are that on Steve. Steve um, I rate Evans. I think he's decent. Um, and
0: he looks good at life. I think it's he's Tennyson's wild. power, isn't he? Evans are messing yeah. about and maybe out boxing, but tenny has got the yeah. power.
3: Yeah, well, I know he, he can take a shot, Evans. And he went over to Russia and he got beat. I forget the guy's name, but he was winning the fight and I think it was a combination of fatigue. And he got caught, basically got caught square and he took a massive shot. But I think there's a bit of value in Evans. Heart. Again, I would have had that a lot closer because we've seen Tennyson get beat. But Evans can box, he's decent.
1: Andreev...
3: Yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. That was it. And he was winning the fight as well. He was beating that Andrea I and mean, that's a difficult place to go. I mean it's regardless you get stopped. But look, it shows what ability he is at. Uh, but no, not particularly. I think there's good fight, there's good fights on the card without um you know, like a, a glaring um a glaring um, you know, screaming value. But Evans could be worth a nibble at thirteen to two. Um he can certainly box and if you can avoid the big bombs from Tennyson, um I think you can certainly beat him. And Harry Scarf maybe. Fowler was kind of underwhelming against Brian Rose. You didn't look at him and thought, yeah, this is you know, like this guy's levels above and Harry Scarf's coming off a career best win against um was it Jack Flatley? Jack Flatley. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Flatley on the VIP card. Twelve to one English champion. Is Fowler all that? Will he have that motivation? You never know. I'm I'm not gonna say he could do, but Again, Brian Rose certainly pinched rounds off Fowler, and there's every chance Scarf could as well. But we'll have to wait. And I think see. Scarf no, might
0: trouble to, might struggle to keep Fowler off him as the yes. fight goes on. You know, because he's not a big yeah. puncher. No, he's not. No, no. But neither, then again, neither was Brian Rose, and I thought
3: Rose mm. warmed into that fight for a guy. You know, had been out the ring so long. Um, it's a difficult. I haven't seen loads of Scarf. I mean, I I thought when he was selected to fight um, flatly, he was basically brought in to get beat. And look, it was a massive upset. So, look again, he's got an opportunity now to fight on Sky. Go in there with no pressure on him. Uh, What an upset it would be, I think it's fair to say. But if I was to pick somebody out of the away corner on Saturday, um, it'd be Craig Evans at 13-2, because I like Evans. uh, Decent boxer. Um, Bit of power at lightweight now. I know a couple of people who sparred with him and they said that Evans up at lightweight. His record may not suggest it, but he does have a little bit of a dig on him. Not one punch, but, you know, just enough. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to side with Evans on the value side um, if I was to pick anybody. Stoppage? Yeah, Max Stoke. Yeah. Um. um no, I would probably say on points, Andy, to be honest. Um, like I said, he he's had some tough fights as well, Craig Evans. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. Well, that's saying, though, Tennyson's been... No, I'm not going to be lured into that. Um, Steve probably knows more about James Tennyson than I do in terms of whether he thinks he'll get stopped. I mean, it's up at lightweight now. So I'd say Evans is certainly the um, certainly the bigger man. Um, the body's the Evans. key for Evans. Yes, yes. It'd be interesting. It's a good fight, that. It's a great fight. Um, massively gone under the radar it's an excellent fight that, and one that um, one that probably could steal the show to be honest
1: I think I think a guy who's handled Ormond twice should beat Tennyson in my opinion because I was always a fan of Ormond especially in his early days I could have seen him when he was 4 No, he fought in the Burns Martinez undercard actually back in the Kelvin Hall always impressed by his kind of output and his kind of style and stuff so for me to you know okay they're close fights and stuff but um, oh,
3: that's a f- I tell you Andy that's a fair comment because uh, Ormond was f- fairly big at lightweight as well and yeah. I know uh, I know Evans uh, I think he stopped Ormond um, second time right or was it first time right that um, second
0: one I was there yeah it was the body shots wasn't it yeah was it the yeah, waterfront well, no, I think in Belfast was, yeah. Yeah. correct
1: yeah so it, it was um, the stalker fights were pretty good for like okay the four, three times but I remember the first two being pretty entertaining actually
3: oh, Andy they were unbelievable I was ringside for them both Stalker fights there were fights of the year. They were absolutely class because both guys couldn't pump, really punch and they were just teeing off on each other. I thought Stalker won the first fight and then I had um, yeah. I had what's yeah. it called? I had uh, Evans winning the second fight and they were both announced as draws and then the third fight round I thought Evans was a more than convincing winner but you know, Evans quietly has got a relatively decent record and has been in with some good people. Orman's no slouch and look um like i said he went to russia and for me he was winning the fight um and he, he just got caught and i think a bit of fatigue came into it as well so he, he's better than a he's better than a six and a half to one shot in this mm. that's for sure um i'm gonna have i am i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a nibble on that because i think yeah
1: that. I'm that's what i was yeah. asking eh? that's
3: what uh, i was asking no, no you're right yeah I, I think he's better than a 13 to 2 shot um yeah, tra- trains well. Um, I think he's trained by Tony Borg. who looks after Lee Selby, so he's decent. Um, so yeah, I think Evans is better than thirteen to two, uh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put some money on that.
0: There you go, Aussie's recommendations. Main event for you, Andy. Uh, John Ryder. I tell you what, the pressure's all on Callum Smith, really, aren't they? I'm not saying John hasn't got anything to lose, but he's you know yeah. Smith's under pressure.
1: No, I mean, I was going to just say I endorse everything that Ozzy said about it. Actually, um, you know, all the pressure as on Callum Smith. You know, at this point, is he hungry enough? You know, the millions he's got, he, he can easily, you know, he's sitting up, he's fighting once a year at the best of times. Anyway, Joe's done pretty well by him, management wise. You know, like, you know, if you look at his resume, though, it's, you know, for a guy who has classified the number one in the division, he hasn't took any risks. Maybe says he's Joe Ozaghi. he's time, maybe. Um, yeah, it's just up to John. It just—it's—it's it's really up to him how he, he approaches it. If he's no phase by the occasion, the lights and stuff like that, just goes in there, does his business. Um, just takes care kind of the left hook that that uh, Smith throws, and mm. just see the kind of early rounds and stuff like that. I could see the distance. But um, to be fair, if it goes the distance stuff, I just I just kind of see Smith just not getting the decision actually because he's a head and fighter. Ryder is obviously kind of he's been for me he's been he's been a gun for hire. He's been he's been very impressive, great at doing his own thing and stuff like that. But for me, okay, he's got himself in at his position and it's fantastic. I just hope he goes in there and takes it actually because I would I would love to get him on the podcast the day after. That he's beat a Joe Gallagher fighter, and that because it was just going to, it would just be absolutely amazing, and everybody would just be listening, in, it would be fantastic hits for for podcasts. it's Just thinking like, purely selfishness, but uh, I'm pulling for him. I really hope he does, because everybody knows some of the background stories. He's been shafted by certain individuals that he should have trusted, so he's getting his just rewards now. And hopefully, you know, this big payday, he pulls it off. Gets another big payday off the back end it might be a Canelo fight for example that'd be fucking amazing think about that by the way I think a few Brits would travel for that one including us so uh, yeah I hope, I'm pulling for him big time actually because to me there's no hate on Smith because he's a good fighter but to me he's always been semi-retired as Aussie he says he's been sat on the WBC ranking for what was it 18 months before he got he's, he's still not even got a title fight for that he, he, mate. he's got he, a he diamond never, fight Andy, he never ever exactly.
3: the WBC title exactly he got a diamond, diamond be, title be, yeah, he beat Hadilla Mohammadi in two thousand and sixteen and then he first boxed for a world title against George Groves two year um yeah. two years after. Um and then he just got this di- this bullshit diamond belt that nobody cares about. But yeah. I don't think I'd be wrong in saying that next Saturday I'd say the majority of people would want John Ryder to win on Saturday because he's one of the good guys, he's done it the hard way. Um he was he was dropped by Matroom. When he, uh, who did he come unstuck against? I think it was Nick Saunders, was it no? Saunders? No, no, no. He was still looked after him after that. It was when he got beat off uh, Blackwell. Uh, right. They brought him back. I think they chucked him in with uh, Sergei Kamitsky. Um, oh, it was the armfield fight. Sorry. It was the armfield one. One that I thought he'd won, actually. Um, and then they let him go. He went on the road, uh, beat Adam Etches on, one of the, um, on a U-bank undercard. Came back and then was jobbed against Rocky Fielding, in my opinion. I had him beating Rocky Fielding by two or three rounds. Um, and then again came back, destroyed Patrick Nielsen. Absolutely yeah. destroyed I used to him. Killed him just a sub- bit. Waxed yeah, him. Absolutely brilliant stoppage. Um, again, in the away corner against Jamie Cox, who Ooh. had just been signed by Matchroom. What did he do?
2: Ice Jamie Cox.
3: <laughs> uh, Herm was back on the uh, the rider train then and had him headlining against that Sirotkin, which was um, an official eliminator. He struggled early on, but then adjusted and stopped Sirotkin. And then rather than sitting on, you know, sitting just waiting, he went abroad again against being the underdog, against that Bilal Akwe. And what did he do to him? Iced him as well. So I think next Saturday, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be wrong saying that a lot of the British public will want Ida to pull off an upset because I think some
0: people would say he deserves it. Thanks Ozzy. We have our third guest to the call, of the evening on the call rather, Billy Nelson. How are you Billy? How are you doing mate? Right? Not too bad at all. We were discussing Farouk against McGregor earlier. You were obviously there last night. What did you make of the main event?
2: Well, I thought it was a great advertisement for Scottish, uh, Scottish boxing. Fantastic crowd there uh, and I
7: agree, and you know, just a all round great fight.
0: What about the end in the uh, result? Do you think they are going to have a rematch some point down the line?
7: I think they have a rematch. Uh, at, you know, the, the very high percentage of people thought so as I had Cash Rook won it. I had Cash Rook winning by three, three rounds plus the point deducted, so I had them winning by four rounds. You know, uh, whenever did I? Uh, you know, it's only an opinion. But if you know, I'm reading that Lee McGregor thought he won the fight clearly. Well, that wasn't the case, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, most of the guys here had Farouk winning. Shout-out to Craig Morgan as well, who got a win last night on the undercard.
7: Yeah, well, Craig's coming along nice. It was his first six-rounder. Um, I'm hoping we'll get one or two more six-rounders and an eight-rounder. And I'd like to go for one of those, uh, because he's only 20, maybe one of those World Youth titles. Yeah. Uh, very big ticket seller and I rounded off a good year for my gym we're, we're actually undefeated in the calendar year that was the last fight we're going to have of the year so we've, you know, as, a, as a team we've done particularly well this year
0: uh, talking to the team what about David Brophy what's next for him
7: well I think we might be I think it could be a, a fight potentially with Tommy Fulman, uh on the next MTK show in, Gla- in Glasgow uh, which you know Will be a very good fight again for, Sc- for Scottish boxing for some form of title.
0: Yeah, that that will be a good one. What about the big heavyweight Martin Bacoli? What's the future looking like for Martin?
7: Well, I've always thought the future was uh, bright for Martin. Uh, apart from the you know the hiccup against Hunter, where there was circumstances to the defeat. Uh, we've got a very big fight. I'm told by the Hearn in in February, and well. You know, anything can happen in this in this game. Martin Bacoli Martin will fight absolutely any heavyweight on this planet. People talk about it. Uh, he will do it. You know, I mean, there's no ifs, spots or navies He will fight anybody. I'd love to fight any of them. Any of them. I've always fancied the Parker fight because I like Parker as a fighter. So, you know, if, if uh, Derek Chazor doesn't want to fight Parker as he did, they want to fight Martin we'd step in and fight Parker no problem New Zealand America UK anywhere
0: so obviously Martin's got a couple of decent wins whenever you signed with Matt Trum, is this the vision the pathway that you've discussed with Eddie that you're going along now
7: yep uh, he was very kind of giving us a a, a fight in Newcastle which wasn't wasn't part of the contract Uh, just an additional fight and he, he done well in stopping Johnson. And then before we even got interviewed on the telly, we asked, he, he asked if, if uh, we'd be interested in fighting in Manchester and Katie Taylor and Anthony Crawler's farewell fight. And Martin jumped at the chat and said, no problem at all. Of course, I'm a fighter. I fight. So we, we fought two weeks later and we beat a decent opponent in Hernandez in two rounds. He'd done something that a lot of good fighters hadn't done to him.
0: Final couple for you, Billy. What about a Michael Hunter rematch at some point down the line?
7: That's the fight Martin it wants. Because, I, I mean, we can all make excuses. There's no excuse that. What happened to Martin two days before the fight, I wouldn't have wished on anybody. Not even my worst enemy. I wouldn't have on him. So there was a legitimate excuse that, for the reason why he got beat. So, he's desperate for that rematch. Desperate.
0: And uh, finally, Deontay Wilder rematch against Luis Ortiz next weekend. Who you got winning that
2: one?
7: Well, I think Ortiz has got a a shout for four rounds, possibly. And then Wilder's youth and power should take over. But I think Wilder, Wilder has got a very suspect chin. Phenomenal power. I suspect, chin, as most heavy punchers do, most of them, you know, phenomenal punchers, but can't take take a great shot. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a few heavyweights out there, and I are going to test that chin of us. because he's not the most skilled either. You know, he is a he's a powerful guy, but he's not the most skilled fighter. Quick one there's on. Some fighters out
0: there. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, sorry. quick, quick one on Joshua Ruiz. What do you think about the rematch there?
7: I think Joshua will stop him this
0: time. Really?
4: I think,
7: uh, you know, these big guys, getting up with these big guys is, you know, frightening. And, and to get to get at the top of the head and get a concussion, well, it can happen to anybody. It happened to Joshua. It was bad luck. Anywhere anywhere else, other than the top of the head, and his equilibrium when it, it, it quite possibly would have been okay. But when your equilibrium goes, your senses go, your senses are scrambled. And you know, he get caught with further big punches. It was unlucky. Fair play to Ruiz. He done what he had to do. But If, if Joshua keeps a clear head, and because I don't, I don't believe uh, Ruiz can outbox him. He'll find it a lot more difficult to get past. And he was finding it difficult to get past his jab, even in the the first round and a half. Until you know when Joshua put him down. Mm-hmm. People want people on the screaming for the rooftops about Ruiz's performance before then. And then it and, and Joshua made a mistake by running in and getting cut at the top of the head. It's as simple as that. It's, you know, you, you get hit, you get hurt, they get stopped. There's no excuses, Not no, no excuses looked for none that you know, forgiven.
0: Good stuff as always, Billy, thanks for joining us, we appreciate
7: it. I'm gonna all the best.
0: All the best, see you later. Billy Nelson there. On episode 349 of the podcast. Sorry about the beeping. He works in the spa on a Sunday night. That was him putting the stuff through on the checkout, Under
5: Billy Bing Bing Nelson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bing Bing. Uh, right, uh, Rob, let's get on to the main event we were talking about there. Then Deontay Wilder, Luis Ortiz. Wilder said something interesting during the week for once. He said that his mindset is a lot stronger than Anthony Joshua's. I would agree with that. <laughs> To <laughs> <a> tool, <laughs> <What> the <laughs> dog too,
2: to
0: <laughs> fucking die. I'm
5: just up for John Ryder because he's related to me. Chill out, Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I think all what Billy's saying there. I think Ortiz is um, dangerous for the first four rounds um, in terms of his mental strength. I don't know man like yeah he's obviously had to overcome a lot hasn't he like from his background and all that so I'd say he probably is very mentally strong especially seeing as he's about 54 and he's still fighting um, so I think he's a live dog and I think if it depends on if he catches Wilder again I think Wilder's obviously going to be thinking that he can box smarter this time against Ortiz And stick behind a jab. He might think it's a soft touch for him. And surely you think when he hits him, he's going to fold him like he did the last time. Which is entirely possible. And he could catch Ortiz, call him, blow him out in two rounds, send a statement. But, Ortiz, this is a fight. Like, I would not have taken this fight if I was Deontay Wilder. Absolutely no need for this fight. Like, could have got another keep-busy opponent. Ortiz nearly had him gone the first time. So, if he makes small adjustments, he's thinking he might... Do you know, all it takes is one shot, like, like Nelson said, I think he he is suspect, so Ortiz is definitely a live dog, I expect Wilder to win, but, like, honestly, if we woke up Sunday morning, I don't know if I'd stay up and watch it, but, um, if I woke up Sunday and I, and I read that Ortiz was after him, I wouldn't be surprised, like, and there's that Fury fight down the Swanee, like,
0: I'm thinking the opposite. I'm seeing high God Plodder in the chat, and I agree with him. I think this is going the way of the Stiverne rematch. I'm, I'm not saying in a round, but I think they've seen exactly where Ortiz is and his old ass is rolling down that hill uh, against Christian Hammer. They've seen exactly what they wanted to see. Al Heyman's thinking Wilder in four or five rounds. I'm thinking Wilder in about seven or eight rounds. I think Ortiz gets knocked out earlier this time. Aussie uh, cracking undercard, one Bartellamy on it. Brandon Figueroa, Julio Seja should be an interesting enough fight. Uh, Luis Neri, Emmanuel Rodriguez. It's all about the main event, though, isn't it? What do you think about my projection, Luis Ortiz? He's a live dog, naturally, but I'm saying Wilder by KO earlier.
3: Well, I was I was saying that I, I always felt that Wilder would basically evaporate him early. I, I was going to say inside three, and then I saw the shape he's in, Ortiz, and he looks unbelievable. It's the best shape I've ever seen him in. So he's clearly popped everything that's on the Varda ban list he's probably going to come in and iron out Wilder in about a round. Um, but no, um, well, people are right. Um, he, he may well only have four rounds in him. And he could well go for it. And we've seen if, if Wilder gets caught, then he was vulnerable against Ortiz. And Ortiz just didn't have the gas tank. Uh, and then Wilder ended it in spectacular fashion. Now, I think what what was Wilder last time out? He absolutely wiped out uh, Dominic Brazil in a round. And he had everybody talking about him again. And despite his vulnerabilities and despite his lack of boxing IQ, I still think he is a talent and the power he's got is just, its unrivaled, absolutely unrivaled. And if he catches you, it's lights out. And I think he's going to do exactly the same to Lewis Ortiz and it's going to be spectacular fashion. May have a couple of early, you know, like perhaps somewhat scary moments but I still think he'll come through um, with relative relative ease, and uh, and stop Ortiz again in in pretty decent fashion. So yeah, um, prior to seeing Ortiz uh, and the shape he was in, I said inside three. I'll probably now stretch it to inside five. But yeah, I um, I'd, I'd be amazed if Ortiz could pull off the upset now.
0: Yeah, I think Ortiz's shape says he's going to come out swinging and have a go, and I expect Wilder to catch him and get rid of him. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz moving up against Miguel Flores. I'm glad to see Flores actually getting a second bye to the cherry. He got injured first time round. He's a good guy. I've always liked Flores. He speaks well. He has, obviously, the personal story about his brother, who was a good boxer as well, passing away. He'll have to put in one hell of a performance to beat Leo Santa Cruz, though. But fair play. Good luck to Miguel Flores. I do like him, Andy. Onto the main event. Interesting, it's on USA Fox Sports pay per view. Old Stephen Espinoza and Showtime look like they could be going the same way as HBO and um, Fo- Fox. Yeah, Fox are taking over again, man. Yeah, I don't know
1: nothing about them. To be honest, mate. Um, <coughs> there's a few fights of interest. I suppose. Um, to be honest, I'm not real interested in Santa Cruz fight. I knew nothing about Flores. To be honest with you. Um, Luis Neres mentioned last week he's a cheating me shy. I actually hope Manny Rodriguez actually kind of beats him. Now, okay, you've got one extreme here with this fight because, you know, you see him, he beats Jason Maloney, okay, that's a very good win actually. Beats Paul Butler. How good a win do you you rate that because Butler's more a super flyweight Then he gets iced off in your way so you're like, well, well, fuck's sake, you know, so... I just hope and pray that what you showed against Butler and against uh, Maloney is going to be enough to actually beat area, actually, because, as I say, I'm sick of this wee shite getting these opportunities, and uh, it pissed me off, big style, I think it's a world title fight off the back end of this, which would basically be, Angus, I don't know if it's in bill Ballet. and as I say, same up for the ballet fight as well, but hopefully Rodriguez can... Doesn't before that. Uh, say Cesar was that the guy that uh, McDonald uh, beat?
0: It was. He got knocked out by Rigondo recently, didn't he? McDonald beat him in Doncaster back when he was with Hobson.
1: That's I right. Think. Aye, that's mm-hmm. right. That's a uh, Omar's brother. He's fighting as well. Eh, yep. Brandon. So I, yeah. Well, Neri Rodriguez is the one I'm kind of, you know, kind of keeping an eye on. I, I agree with everybody saying Wilder's going to ice him. I will say within five rounds, Ortiz, ridiculous shape, clearly getting passed in the Vada protocols, stuff like that, so far, um, and, aye, so Wilder, he'll team up, probably take it, take it easy, I would be absolutely shocked if he's got the kind of same problems that he had in the first fight, because if you look at the last two performances for Ortiz and that, I just think he's, he's, he's there to be taken. And, eh, uh, it's clearly for the payday stuff like that as well. So, I'm going to go Wilder five rounds.
0: Wow, five rounds. So, everybody thinks then... Do you think he's going to come out swinging or tease then, Andy, like we do?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he just come out as he does. He, he'll, he'll try and box manoeuvre. I can see Wilder kind of, like... He'll kind of back up. He'll kind of paw with that kind of left lead jab and that. he kind of, like, maybe try and paw the hand down and stuff. Eh... Uh, see what Ortiz has got to offer but I can see him stepping that jab and threw that right hand in the middle and just shooting him but it was was the uppercut that dropped him the last time actually as well
5: do you think do you think though like there's a shot sorry man do you think there's a shot like of Ortiz having been in there with him though having a way of timing him and catching him or something like surely like uh, the train for the first time nearly came off after having been in there with him Maybe just for the first four hours, like Wilder walk onto something because he's he's not that shrewd. Wilder, like he's not there's not much set up behind the stuff. He's
1: yeah,
5: uh, you know what I mean. So I don't know. It's just, it's a potential banana skin. I didn't expect him to to knock him out, but like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Ortiz flattens him and fucks up the money. Well, released it
1: though after
3: all. True. Sorry, I must have unmuted by accident there.
2: Oh, that's okay.
0: Do you want to say anything about the golden contract, Aussie or not? Uh, O'Hara, Davis, Tyrone McKenna, then boys quickly.
2: The oh, black quitter. Is that next, w- that's next, is that week. next weekend? The
1: black quitter.
0: I oh, think so
1: yeah. Has, that's, uh, Tuesday. Has,
0: they're the the making
1: the draw on Tuesday. Uh, ah, yeah. is it Tuesday, right? Okay.
3: Right. what's well, so when's the twenty? Oh,
1: it's next Friday
3: night. Oh, that's decent. Um, obviously it's all on the uh, all on the draw, isn't it? Who gets who? Um. I can't remember. Did they just pick him out of the hat? Do they have
0: seeds and unseeds? Uh, or black, quitter. Do, do the seeds have, get picked? Pick yeah, they have picks, I think. Because Lee yeah, Wood so chose Joyce,
1: didn't they? Is it done on one night? Is it three rounders?
0: No. Oh, tens, no, no, ten, tens, rounders, ten rounders. Ten
3: mm-hmm. rounders. So, <laughs> yeah, so they'll have four seeds and they pick, basically, whoever. So you would suspect that what uh, Davis, Mimoon... Um, Who's this this Logan Yoon uh, never heard of him before um, yeah it's decent look it's not bad it's a domestic tournament if I had to pick a winner now it would be that Mohamed Um he's decent uh, we've seen him before he took the piss out of Sam Eggington um, I think he's had something he lost to Victor Postal quite handedly last time out but there's levels and Postal would beat anybody in this tournament decent contest uh, again look at the promoter MTK again and it's free boxing. I think it's shown on uh, IFL. Oh, oh no, sorry, Sky are showing this now. Sky have started picking up shows from other promoters, haven't yes. they? Be seeing the lack of content, yeah. So it's live on Sky. Uh, Surely
1: on the no, they Hearn looked stable. it make up all these dates that he's got. What a savage!
3: And uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So look, mm-hmm. Sky have acted on it, uh, pulling in content from elsewhere and. It's a, it's a decent thing. It's a decent contest. Um, if I had to pick a winner now, I, I'd go with the experience, Um uh, I hope the draw's fixed, and it's Tyra, uh, O'Hara Davis, Tyrone McKenna. McKenna, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been going at it, and it'll be a great fight. Um, so, yeah, should be good.
0: I'm going for O'Hara Davis to win that, um, controversially. Right, let's get on it's to Billy like of the Week well. for episode three. 349 I'll have to try and get that uh, Sound sound clip for next week Andy's with us Ozzy's with us Rob Kelly's with us Belly of the Weeks everybody wanker.
1: What did you just drop in there That sound time You fucking dick What did you just drop in there
0: I didn't drop anything in
1: Nah right In the background What have you been dropping in there these sound effects uh, he's, <laughs> he's at it He's at it He's at, exactly. at it again Yeah fucking
0: Guess nice. you'll have to listen back boys Tomorrow have to Listen back. Beem <laughs> Beem <laughs>
5: Rumpel fucking still skin.
0: I haven't done Rumpel still skin tonight. Actually, I must must dig that. Yeah, I've <laughs> like got a few can. new ones. I've got a few new ones, so I'm oh, going to have really? a listen back later. Oh please. well, we look forward if to that. Yeah. I'm going to a
1: fucking
5: An assassin <laughs> as well. is right.
1: Come on, Tony Harris. Let's get to it.
2: <laughs>
1: I love this time of night, baby. this is where I get to my peak, so there's Rob, he's just getting the fucking stogie, smacked up with a green baby. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh actually,
1: I I don't want to let the cat out of the
5: bag, because the money's not in the bank yet, but uh, selected to do some voiceover work this yeah. week, so... They said that the, the the company in question requested me, so if it's a listener of the pod that's working in one of these places, good on you. I never say nothing bad about you. You're all good in my book.
1: <laughs> well, mate, listen, yeah, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want at least a case. You know what I'm talking about, mate? I'll uh, promote that well, shit. I'm telling
5: you, and if, if you get Mag- two of them a year, you're laughing, so if I get another one, oh, we'll was. all go to a fight. Let's hope John Ryder wins the sets up the Canelo one. Okay.
1: Laugh. <laughs> well, I was going to say, my, fuck, miss, my fuck miss... the Patreon. My missus', is, uh, my missus is, uh, g- uh, grandfather drinks that stuff, so... Uh,
5: yeah,
1: I I look after th- you. Say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. I
5: got
2: you. <laughs> we'll never forget.
0: Right. Okay. Dropped a few for you there, Rob. Listen back tomorrow. Episode 349 oh, oh, of the You oh, of the Week.
2: Fucker. Stop interrupting me.
0: I say the Belly of the Week and I know where to <laughs> cut it at the end of the week. Would you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> episode 349 of the Belly of the Week he's finally snapped <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh don't bring the asbestos back up again man I'll never get g- to sleep g- tonight g- give it, g- can,
1: can I just say two uh, words oh sorry can I just say a name here
0: what Thomas
1: Hauser <laughs> Woo
0: <Woo-hoo! laughs> right let's move on Let's move on indeed. First nomination for Bay of the Week is Terence Crawford talking on his Instagram stories. I'm mad as hell. This lady just sat next to me and shitted herself and got the nerves to look around like I didn't know it was her. Old musty booty ass. <laughs> I'm not sure where he was. There's no context to that one. No context, Terence Crawford. <laughs> Two slices of pizza. Oh, should I should have done two slices of pizza. Shouldn't I have I done that for next week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, what else have we got here for Belly of the Week? Then Jay King has nominated Derek Chazora. The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the, di- the opportunity in every difficulty. Hashtag Sir Winston Churchill. And then a picture of Derek with a Union Jack next to Nigel Farage. He's having quite the time of it. Ro- His old Derek. Oh,
1: Greg- Marmalade <laughs> and jam. <laughs> Five
0: Chinese crackers <coughs> up your asshole! Bang, 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 bang! Be! <laughs> Greg Cross. <laughs> oh man, you lot have worn me out tonight. Greg Cross has nominated Damien. is like McGregor to UFC is bigger than the sport himself. Toby has nominated Chris. Um. I haven't got any contacts so that, sorry, I'm just going to have to flick on past it. Uh, Brian King, you did, as nominated Kerry Hazeltine. You really do the best interviews, Coog's awesome as always. Eddie Hearn is losing weight, he's become a slim Jim. Uh, Rob Har- Harold has nominated uh, Bruno Kay, who said, Anthony Joshua, you are the world champion, with or without those belts. Uh, Darts legend Chris Mason has nominated Jamie. Uh, Chris Eubank would be a good fight for Canelo. Canelo would be too much for. a... Billy Joe Saunders Eubank wins by the way uh, Andy this is one from you here Nordin Ubali has been trolling With the Inoue is overhyped comments What's what's Nordin been on about here?
1: He's just saying he's overhyped you know, It's just um, you know, I, I, I like the guy He's a, he's a monster But yeah it's better to be worthy of that one Saying that he's overhyped Come on baby When 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 yours truly says Way back that he's going to be the next Person to be like you say a Gonzalez you've you, you got to listen to me baby, you know
0: Andy dropping the knowledge uh, Brian King has nominated Boys and Watch I was going to
1: get a few people raging just for me saying that by <laughs> the way I know it, I can see it bring it
0: uh, Boys and Watch was saying that Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney drew in a lot of attention according to Ed, Eddie's impressions and all that so I'm not going to get into that stuff Trading Leather Boxing has nominated Tommy Fury wants to fight KSI um, Brian King has nominated Nav Hussein. Oh, this was a good one. Um, someone had a Conor Ben tattoo on their the side of their body. Quite on why on earth what? they got this done? There's, Do not. There's a winner there. <laughs> Conor Ben official on his Instagram said, "Respect for the tattoo, bro. I'm sorting you out with two tickets oh. for my next fight." And this guy has got Conor Ben tattooed all at the side of his chest.
5: Right out of his belly. Jesus, Tell you one thing. Someone got a fucking tattoo of me on the chest. The last thing I'd be doing is giving him fucking ringside access to me. <laughs>
2: I'd yeah. fucking
5: turn up and shoot you on your doorstep. Who's has got a tattoo of fucking
1: Conor? Name <laughs> I'll
0: put that up on the Facebook page this week to everybody to have a look oh, at. Oh, my <laughs> God. Jesus, <laughs> suffered
1: Fuck.
0: It's quite the image. And Mike Coppinger, Caleb Plant's first defense will be against Alfredo Angulo. Danny Robson says Bell U of the week for this fight. Fucking hell, El Perro fighting for a middleweight, super middleweight title in 2020. Yeah, David five. Almond has nominated Anthony Joshua. Uh, no, uh, King Doyen actually he's, uh, David is accusing Anthony Joshua Of getting whiter, possible skin bleaching King Doyen, the Nigerian nightmare Jumped in and said This is his original complexion Whenever AJ gets darker You just know something is wrong Like the other time he was in the US <laughs> So whenever AJ gets stressed According to King Doyen, the Nigerian nightmare His skin gets darker So there you know, if you know if AJ is under pressure He's <laughs> <laughs> not a Hulk man Relax, he's not the Hulk For fuck's sake There's some weirdos out there, man. Friggin' hell. Uh, Lions in the camp was one of many people to nominate Tom Sharman. Tom Sharman. Props to Eddie Hearn for backing himself. I've always been a casual fan of boxing, but all this KSI, Logan Paul drama has really got me back into it and obsessed with the sport more than ever. You backed your beliefs, and I hope others do the same. Different gravy. Now, Tom Sharman... Has follows more people than he has followers. He has a blue tick and he calls himself an influencer. So I think that maybe Tom has been uh, brought in here, Rob. Well, you know what I'm suggesting?
5: For well, he, he doesn't have any influence over me. He's talking straight... <laughs> <safe. laughs> Fuck him. fucking <laughs> what?
0: Tom Sharman, front runner for me. Greg Cross has nominated the McGregor fruit commentary, Barry Jones specifically, and the robbery. Complete joke. Uh, Andy has nominated Chino, Marcus Madonna, returning in April 2020 at Cruiserweight.
1: (coughs) Cruiserweight? What? The Cruiserweight? Yeah, that's confirmed, baby. So he's going to be fighting. He's going to return on April April, April 18th, I think, against former kickboxing champion Jorge Aserio Cali. And a battle scheduled for six rounds in the Cruiserweight division. It will be held at, uh, at the area of Puerto Madero, very close to Casa Rosado and Buenos Aires.
5: Oh!
6: Sorry, that oh, sounds the way, like something he's you want to say about
1: his performance. Can I just say something, by the <laughs> way? <laughs> I, am sh- I'm s- I am certain he is still tied with PBC, but he's also, he was talking about this fight in ESPN as well. Uh, ESPN's um, Deportee or something I no deportee or whatever it's called. So, I this fight's going to be carried by somebody like so. I so the guy who basically owned Broner at light was it, was it welterweight or light welter? is going to return welterweight, welterweight, cruiserweight.
5: The at cruiserweight. Holy he fuck. must have had all that Floyd money, did he? Like, he must have oh. had that every single penny of that Floyd money because he got his retirement fund with the rematch. Like, yeah, pissed off I into the see. sunset, everyone's happy with him. He's down shooting pigs in Argentina, getting fat as a fool, and now he's back at cruiserweight. Well, you know, Kelly Pavlik was talking about coming back at Cruiserweight as well, so maybe they could have a, a, a match down the line in 2020. Don't rule it out. How it's
0: bizarre would Chino, that man. be, Kelly Pavlik? Matt Kelly Chino,
5: Pavlik fighting wanna... Marcus Madonna. <laughs> you want the Chino to have that good ending, like. You want him to fucking just, you know, not have to fucking come back and fight. We don't want to see him at, like. I love Chino, like. Absolute goony, but this is not it, like. It's not the move, is it? No, don't do it,
0: Chino. Andy has nominated the German press for stating that Dominic Bussell is a world champion. Louis Greenslade joined us. Andy said there was a Belter post fight. Yes. Henry Masker was at ringside, and there he revealed Henry Masker was presented with a new pillow with Dominic Bussell's face on it because Bussell had slept with a Henry Masker pillow as a kid. We we'll have to get one <laughs> of them Henry Masker pillows, Andy. It might be worth more than a GBO title.
2: And
1: the worst thing is to they're calling him world champion because he picked up the Inter-WBA and the IBO world titles he's a world champion but this this pillow yeah the, the pictures there they've seen you know Henry Maskey good fighter back in the day by the way solid fighter but uh, yeah it was just weird get handed a pillow by no the air election. we say fucking hell but, yeah. yeah definitely well up there for Bell of the this week <laughs>
0: That was a strange one. <clears throat> Strong week. There's Dominic Bussell and Henry Muscat. Right up there. Connor Bain as well. Tattoo is a good one. Aussie any nominations from you?
3: Negative, and I think the winner is glaringly obvious this week.
0: Glaringly obvious. Maybe Aussie's thinking about Terence Crawford sitting next to shitty-ass Booty. Rob, any nominations? <laughs> I've got <one> loads <laughs> of Rob.
5: Whoever, uh, whoever made that card, that kind of like... Uh, match attacks like card with uh, Tommy Fury and Batarbiev on saying who's better? <laughs> Batarbiev or Tommy Fury. So it's Razor Team won that one. That was pretty good.
0: I didn't see that one. Go on then, Andy. I believe you have a string of nominations for us.
1: Well, Eddie Heron getting absolutely fucking iced this week off another uh, than Mr. Beyond Reproach, um. Mr. Thomas Hauser absolutely all praises to Houser yeah. Houser you know praise be to Allah the King Buddha Jesus Christ our Lord you know you just you keep Trump giving
7: some you know,
1: hopefully <laughs> are, you know, there's works in the the background that we do get this this the, this python of you know integrity of box journalism on our podcast you know this guy is going to lay really waste to Eddie Hearn's career in America woohoo oh, Woo Eddie Hearn now facing possible ban and license revocation in Las Vegas by Mr. Did you see them again? Vinny and the guys do pretty well with Bob name. Bennett. Bob Bennett. Bob. Bob Bennett. <laughs> I wish Kenny Keith was on the podcast so we could get me to do his wee uh, spiel his, his, his here, but Bob Bennett's just going to own Eddie Hearn's ass, he's going to bend them over. Eddie, how do you like it? Do you like it raw? Do you like it be a bit of lube? Do you want me to put a tip in Eddie? You know Eddie, how you doing Eddie?
0: <laughs> I'd love Just to watch. believe you Andy, but Eddie Hearn, man, you could have a friggin' building burned down and he'd be sitting down there like friggin' Queen Daenerys in Game of Thrones with, with no clothes. On this guy, you, you couldn't get rid yeah. of Swing know, around in his through. chair
1: like greenbacks. <laughs> you, could, you could not give him a redneck... Blow. You couldn't give him a redneck with a blowtorch. He's a fucking pure redneck bastard. Eddie Hearn's biggest hope at the minute is that they... Is that Canelo, sorry, no Canelo, that the commission overturn the ban on Chavez, right, because he's fucked, he's in breach of the Ali Act, it's federal fucking law, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking fantastic, fantastic, um, I'm going to put up Marquez, uh, sorry, Juan Mar- Juan Manuel Marquez, that's one of my most favourite Mexican fighters, by saying that after the COVID wave, when I still have Canelo as uh, pound for pound number three, mm. well, even better there actually by Marquez, actually in my opinion. Um, another one I want to learn, and I guess Rob was going to could do better than me by mentioning this one, but Tony Harrison, we spoke a bit earlier on the show. He just, as we mentioned, just crawled inside Jermel Charlo's head and just laid waste of the kid. Went in my fucking food blender, mixed him up. Badly, just destroy them. And okay, it was a close fight. It was, it was, it was edgy and all that sort of stuff. But for me, going into this, Harrison is doesn't give a fuck. He's just going to do does his own thing. And uh, to me, that Charlo is one on his own, his own edge. And to be honest, I've never sat with YouTube videos in the past and I actually, well, for a while, watched them thinking. <sighs> yeah they're pretty good in that but this was different for me anyway it was just uh, you know just fucking harrison just dogged his ass man just fucking he was on him constantly and Charlo just could not cope he just you know he he, him, he got in his head so much that even his trainer lost his trainers try to talk to Charlo. Charlo's like fuck you dude i'm talking to him and he just he's lost there's just he just couldn't get back to him and to me that as a guy who's going to come out in this fucking fight Ellie doors Home to lay waste. If he doesn't lay waste to him, could come up fucking short. By the way, and it's—I'm looking. The it's two days before Christmas. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> Do
0: you think Harrison's annoyed him that much that he's going to throw more than four punches around?
1: Oh, what man! I can see him actually doing a drugs test because he's that fucking—you
0: know—adrenaline's <laughs> <he's> too high. <laughs> uh, I, listen, listen, he's, he's just
1: a, displaying a,
5: complete I'm, petulance, though, isn't he? Like, exactly, he's just like uh, a, a
1: petulant s- kid. Like. that's the thing, though, mate, because. To me, see if that fight was like uh, so that press conference. See if that was a final press conference like two days before the fight. Charlo was losing that. To me, without doubt, he is so emotionally invested in fucking. Mm.
2: You know,
1: he is. He's out yeah. there. He has gone. But he's got. Time. And it was like, like when his sitting,
2: tough guy like act was-
5: didn't work, he folded. Like didn't it? It was like he folded because yeah. he got up and he backed and he was like, "You oh, pull out the fight. You pull out the fight." I'm and anyway, I was like isn't and like and he just folded like he couldn't he couldn't cope with it whatsoever. Like so yeah. I it's definitely after making a fight
1: more interesting than that. Like. Any more, Andy? That's me, Steve, sorry, bit.
0: No, you're okay, no problem at all. Right, I'm gonna go for the guy who had kind of been tattooed on his chest. Like I said, Facebook.com forward slash boxing asylum rob, I'll put it up during the week, you'll be able to look at it in all its glory and decide. Because <laughs> you made a lot of assumptions tonight. Decide whether or not you would get one done because you haven't seen I'm it. Not yet. By Steve so just hold off hold off. Hold off. Hold off. You haven't seen it yet. All right? Yeah.
5: <laughs> Even if it was Nigel Ben and it was on your chest, i would be like, I oh, was a good fighter, man. I don't have to go that far and like get a tattoo of book on <laughs> 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 Which which moment has he got? Has he got it when he got revenge for getting the ship beaten out of him by that kickboxer? Is that when it is it straight after um, that fight has he got that on his chest? Let's That's have a special look. moment. Like
0: He's got his he's got his gloves up. He's heavily. You know what? It's it's well drawn. I mean, it's not a real like a thro- <laughs> sh- a shit one. It's 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 well drawn. He's looking off into the distance, and he he eyes a WBA uh, interim title. I think that's what he's looking at.
5: Oh my God, that's that's fucking. That could be one of the year. Like that's up in the, in the best venues of the year. Like you don't what like Conor <laughs> Conor Payne. Somewhere mad now was somebody with a Josh Kelly tattoo that was going to get it done. His range and they were like, "Fuck,
2: you beat me to it."
0: <laughs> go on, then who are you going for Rob? Connor has to be that guy. No, has to your be. man. Has your to man. Be. It doesn't. It doesn't say. It doesn't say who it is. But yeah, the, yeah no, he's he, got a pair of Adidas he, chunks on and a little belly. So there we go. That's two for the <laughs> Conor Ben tattoo, Aussie. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, this this punk who's got Connor Ben tattooed on him.
1: Absolutely absurd. On a It's
0: three for Connor, Andy. Looks like you could be making it a quick, a clean sweep.
1: No, I'm I'm gonna go something different actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um I've got to go Thomas Hauser again, just coming out of the the you know, the bastion of truth against Eddie Hearn You know Eddie's just a prick. And one of these days, nah, he's, 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 he's oh, did I make that obvious, sorry. He's, one of these days, he's going to we'll overtake man Yeah, I am. I'm going to say what think, my... yeah, I'm, I'm going to We want to be, he's be a honest. He's yeah. prick, right? He's lied to mates who have lied to his faces and stuff like that as well, right? His dad licensed a man who was blind on one eye. Eddie Hearn has licensed drugs cheats. He has spoken fervently about drugs cheats in the past who, you know, lose my number, IE, sorry, IE, Jarell Miller. But he's happy to put on, you know, people in the past who failed drugs fucking tests, right? So just to see Thomas Hauser, a respected journalist, a respected investigative journalist, by you, beyond in my opinion, beyond reproach, right, calling you out, keeping the facts... You know, I'm sick and tired of people when they mention this guy talking about oh he's a PPC shell paid shell and all that sort of stuff nah no, he's not he's not right just we can put a shit to bed Eddie Hearn's come in here you know you know, with a big money talking shit and look at the mess you know we can break it down if you want the mess that he has made of that American adventure with Phil's drug chests fucking fake you know new opponents Josh Wiggin' ice and you know, all that sort of stuff the, the shit the, the shitty cars that he's put on in America as well Right, let's let's not forget about that. You know, it resembles like Saturday night fighting it on fucking regular sky for fuck's sake, right? So, you know to me Eddie Hearn deserves a, a belly of the beat because he's on the verge of losing his fucking promotional licence in one of the biggest paying areas of the American boxing market. So yeah, Eddie Hearn for me without question.
0: Andy makes a strong case, even though three went for Conor Ben. I like that, Andy. Coming in late there. Still, Thank you. going for the Conor Ben tattoo. Going for the Conor Ben tattoo, but you did make a good <laughs> argument.
1: Fucking casual.
0: Well done, Eddie. <laughs> Crying like a little bitch. Right, let us finish up for the evening, then. Episode 349 of the Boxing Asylum Nuttos podcast. The time's flying. As Wrapping Rob Kelly said during the week, we are fast closing in on episode 350. Seems like yesterday we were just hitting the 300 mark. Soon be on to episode 400. Maybe I'll retire at four hundred, who knows? Thanks for no, coming not. on, Rob. You've got never you pitch your stream, oh, yeah. You know I might, 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 might retire at episode four hundred. Steve, Steve, I'll
1: give you give my picture of money to do that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Trying
0: to do a Kazagi. The lazy might, killer you know, wellies. Step down while I'm still at Not still ahead. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> not many muscles. Wellies, you are not getting
5: out of it. Like, we're not you're not uh are your thinking with that one? Like that's not happening. You heard it to the well. dead wellies.
0: <laughs> <Thank Bloody you. laughs> blood out
5: on the asylum, you
1: know the rules. 400 not out, baby. Right. Come on, hang about it. Just I'm, for,
0: w- for... I'm waiting for the boxing voice to call, man. You know, I might, might go over there.
1: Yeah, it's the boxing rant now, it's the boxing rant there, the boxing voice. I've been, I've been
0: on the boxing rant before, been on a couple of times, I, t- I, I don't want to get involved in this but I was watching a T Street controversy video last night and I've heard people mention this LDBC before but I did not know what was going on over in American boxing, this is absolutely fucking bonkers man, this Fred or whatever you're calling from the barbershop, go and watch T Street controversy's video because we're finishing now, very interesting, lasts for a long time, stick it on two speed and see what T Street has to say about the whole thing, I didn't. I wasn't aware of this this uh, you know stuff that was going on. So anyway, that's I'll leave it there. I'm not going anywhere. Wrapping Rob Kelly, thank you for coming on. Ozzie Smith, thank you for coming on, Andy Patterson. We had Billy Nelson, Alex Steedman, and somebody in between, Asge as well. Thank you for all those guys. Everybody in the chat, Max Stoke, good to see you. Jason Chuck, who's woken up, back to sleep again now, Lee, the alcoholic fotch. So I've been Steve Wellings. For now, thank you and goodbye. See you next week. Bye.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.